right, here we go, everybody. Happy to have you on this Wednesday afternoon. He's Adrian Broadus. I'm Steve Kaplowitz. We come your way right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. Our telephone number is 505-6009. That's 505-6009. Get you right in and through to the program. Excited about today's show. No Jay Jaffe because it's Valentine's Day and it's uh, it's two hours after us, so he's probably doing something romantic with the family in New York. So we'll uh, get Jay next week. And Jeff Erickson is out today. He is in Vegas for a uh, fantasy baseball draft, a little fantasy convention. So no Erickson, no Jaffe. However, we are going to have three guests on the show today. Pete Zamora is going to join us uh, via the Longhorn Distributing Hotline, where all of our guests always appear on the phone lines. Longhorn Distributing takes care of all of our phone guests. And then we've got a couple of in-studio guests today. That's right. Lane Frank's going to stop by the show, and he's going to join us sometime in hours one and two. Uh, The host of the Schoolyard Sports Podcast. Excited about Lane being here. Then, in our six o'clock hour, Cinta de Oro is going to be back. He's got a big wrestling match coming up this weekend. He'll be talking about that with us here on the show. So I'm excited about having Cinta in our 600 ESPN El Paso River Oaks property schoolyard sports studios. I'm excited about having Lane Frank with us. And I'm excited uh, excited getting a chance to uh, talk to the skip for the first time, Pete Zamora. Should be a lot of fun, Adrian. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, Hey, baseball is right around the corner, Steve. We just turned the page on the football season. Now we're getting ready for baseball to start up. I'm excited about it. I think everybody's really excited about it. So, yeah, let's do it. I'm excited to hear from the new skipper himself. Crazy enough, baseball's here, Adrian. It's 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 arrived. I mean, there's there's players at camp already right now. It's crazy. What do you think of the teaser video from the Texas Rangers? Oh, I haven't seen it yet. Oh, you haven't? It's no. awesome. They they did a they did a really cool thing on Twitter or X, and they did something that said, "Here's to the shortest off season in club history." Love it, right? Oh, I like that. Yeah, and it's a super cool video where it shows everything that has the World Series emblem for the Texas Rangers. Oh, that's fantastic. That is fantastic. Good. Hey, by the way, horrific news about that Chiefs parade shooting. My God, that is. That is so sad, so sad to hear. I mean, you imagine showing up to celebrate a team's Super Bowl championship and you get and, and you're shot dead. That just that is horrific to even think about that. Yeah, this is tragic. I mean, this is triggering here for for me talking about it here for El Paso and what we've experienced with the 2019 mass shooting here uh, in El Paso for the Walmart shooting that happened in August of 2019. Uh, and yeah, hearing this, I, I just feel for everybody out there in Kansas City, everybody who is out there for the Chiefs parade, the players, the staff, the media members who are covering covering it as well. Yeah. Um, we've heard that no one is you know no one like that has been injured, thankfully, uh, but somebody died today. There are 10 to 15 who are still injured after shots were fired after the end of the parade, which is just horrific, horrific news. Absolutely. All right, we got two calls ready to go. Uh, No early uh, early for the next 40 days. So today is Ash Wednesday, and um, I've seen uh, a lot of people that not only uh, went to get their ashes, but I've also seen 
uh, you know, others that are uh, very much observant. Uh, it's the start of Lent. You got to realize this is big. Forty days. Are you one that only eats fish on Fridays? Uh, yes, I, I am. And I had my ashes earlier. I think I touched my face too much. Like it, it definitely rubbed off because I asked Paul, uh, Paola, who's also Catholic and who works on the other side of the building. Hey, are my ashes still? And this was like at ten in the morning. No, and no, they were gone. Did so you, were you bright and early ashes? Today? I was six uh, thirty a.m. ashes. Really? Yes, that's oh, right. Wow. All right. Yeah. That's good. That's really good. Yeah. Um, do you want to hear what I'm giving up? Yes. I this do. is the toughest I've ever the experience I've ever done. I was inspired by Orly, Steve. Were you really? I was. You're not going to tell me you're giving up uh, hosting Minor Talk for the next 40 days. Uh, no, I, I cannot. I would break that tomorrow, literally. Um, I'm giving up sweets. Really? Yes. Oh, my goodness. Sweets all together. Have 40 you ever, days. Have you ever had 40 <laughs> days of no sweets? Probably, uh, but it was probably something that I, I mean, you know, I... I didn't ha- want to do or something like that. This is, I mean, I'm, I okay. love sweets, but my wife and I did this. We ma- we made a pact together, okay. and we're in on this together. Blood oath. Yes. By the way, have you? Uh, are you a big soda drinker? No. That's good. So that so that you don't even have to worry about that. What's going to be the toughest thing for you to give up for sweets this over is, the next month? You're going to laugh. You're going to think I'm I'm 12 days. years old. It's gummy worms and gummy bears. Really? <laughs> yeah. Now yeah. now hang on for a second. <laughs> hang on for a second. Here's a question. Okay. Um, gum. Will you chew gum over the next forty days? Okay, we did all the list of what counts and what doesn't count. Gum does not count because if you go minty gum, you can't go like the strawberry or cherry gum or anything like that. I mean, it's this. If you do strawberry or cherry gum, that's sweets, right? So that does that would count. And that minty would count. gum, minty gum is still sugar, even if you have sugar free. So, so you're gonna tell Man. me that you're throwing gum on the, in this thing? Okay, now I guess I can't. I can't. I can't do gum. Uh, maybe it would, maybe we got to do. I, I want to talk to Alyssa. <laughs> I want to help with this because even though I don't observe, uh, you know, I've, obviously it's not one of my uh, one of the things I do. But I am interested to see which makes the cut and what ma- doesn't make the cut. Like, so there's food. So what about like okay. Here's another thing. Everything has sugar in it. You yeah. can't give up sugar. It's impossible. Like, you cannot spend 40 days of no sugar because things you eat that you don't even realize have sugar in it. It's just, a, it's just a fact. Yeah, you're exactly right. So we were talking about this. We were going down the list. Trail mix, that's sweets. Can't do it. Can't do it. Nope. But could you do almonds? As long as the almonds are not chocolate-flavored or chocolate-covered. Okay. A regular regular nut okay like if you go to let's say uh one of the big box stores and you buy one of those big you know unsalted or salted nuts that that's not that's not gonna that doesn't count so that's that's fair that's legal okay so let me ask you this one because this was the debate last night does yogurt count the only way yogurt doesn't count is if it is the plain variety of yogurt if it has any kind of a sweetener attached to it it counts you're out yeah, that's exactly, you know what, you're and you exactly can't, and right. And by the way, yeah. even though it's healthy, can't have fruit. No fruit. So that means no apples, no grapes, no oranges, none of that. Zero. Pineapple. That counts as sweets? Yes. At, like, at, like we're calling fruit sweets. Is, is because it, is, it has sugar, you're right. It has is sugar. The, is the Chad, who I think it is, the online one? Yes. Is, really? Okay, yes. I'm, gonna get, I'm getting him on this conversation. Hang on. This is beautiful. Love this start to the show. All right, let's kick things off with Chad. Chad, I need you on this one because we need to, as the as the uh, sweets police, Chad, you and I are both the sweet police. We have to tell Adrian the do's and don'ts of uh, the next 40 days for Lent. Well, I can tell him the don't is don't do it. I could never do that. Are you kidding me? 
I got the biggest sweet tooth in town. There's no way I could give up sweets. Oh, my gosh. I got to have a bowl of just Captain Crunchberries almost every night. Are you kidding me? Oh, that's no way, true. Like, oh, that's another, okay, that's another question. So here's the question. What if he has a bowl of Cheerios? There are there's sugar in Cheerios, although it's extremely low. It's not a sweet cereal. It's all it tastes like is oats, oats and milk. Um, does in your opinion should Cheerios count towards the no sweets for forty days? No, you 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 feed them by the bushel to babies and little kids and their little cups that they grab them out with. No way. No, that's not bad. That, that's not sugar. Okay, no, so as Cheerios. far as you're concerned, yeah, that doesn't count. So, uh, so what about fruit, Chad? What, what about I, fruit? I say fruit is out. Honey nut Cheerios, no. Honey nut Cheerios, no. No, I'm, I don't know. He's talking about like strawberries, strawberries, grapes, oranges, uh, pineapples, grapes, no. pineapple, peaches, plums. All that stuff, is it's all natural sugar, so that would be considered a sweet, no? Yeah, exactly. He can't have it. He's out. Out. Yeah, yeah that's, that's it. You can't be doing that either. Yeah. 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 No a... cantaloupe, watermelon. Nope. Honeydew. Nope. None of that stuff. No. 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 Angles. You know what you need to eat? Exactly. You know what you're going to need to do, right? You're going to need a lot of salad. A lot of salad over right. the next 40 days. There's uh, no no doubt about that. Um, you know, don't eat, uh, don't try to eat like beef jerky because if it's teriyaki flavored, it's sweet. That's out. Can't do that. That's out. So you can't do that either. Um, and, 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 you know, there's just, let's see what, uh, I mean, that, that encompasses like a lot of stuff. Now you gotta, you're going to have to, Adrian, you're going to have to narrow it down to just like junk food, man. You can't, you're just going to have to narrow it down to junk food because if you don't, you're going to be, you're going to be isolating yourself from like. 85% of food, man. Yeah, I mean, exactly. <laughs> like, like it's, it's true. Like, you know what? I got bad, I got bad news for you. You eat a hamburger, no ketchup. Sweets, pal. No. You can't put ketchup on there. No. You're out. No mayonnaise. Yeah. No, uh, what else would you, you could, you can't have relish on a hot That's right. Dog. Nope. No sweet pickle relish. You could have, you could have mustard. Eat all the mustard you want. Go knock yourself yeah, out with all, all that mustard. mustard. Yep. Just make yep. sure it's, yep. just make no, sure it's not like honey that. mustard. So. Yeah, no honey mustard, no pretzels, mm. especially mm. the honey pre- the honey mustard pretzels with the dust on them. You can't mm. have that. Can't those have any of that. Are, those are so good. Those Dots yes. pretzels are addictive. I hear you. Yes. Yeah. Love so those. what snacks are not sweets? What snacks, snacks are not sweets? You can't have any. You can't have any of those. Uh, of those, uh, what, are the, what are those fruit snacks? Those are all no. pure sugar. Well, yeah, of course. No, here's, here's what you're going to eat. Ready? Okay, here's what, you can, here's what you can have. You can have popcorn as long as it's yep. not caramel okay. corn. I just threw this popcorn. in Chad GPT, and you guys tell me what you think, okay? Because no popcorn was, li- was in this. Potato okay. chips, crackers, n- uh, seeds. Potato chips have to be plain, okay? Because if yep. you eat barbecue potato chips, you're cheating. Okay, fair enough. Yep. Uh Cheese sticks? Fair enough. I'll go with cheese sticks. Unsweetened yogurt, yeah. like we talked about. Yeah, that's disgusting, yeah. by the way. Go knock yourself out with that. That's sick. So okay, it okay. says raw fruits. It, it ah. says raw fruits like apple slices, carrot no, sticks, no. celery sticks. No, I, I, I'm okay with the celery and the carrots, not the apple yeah. slices. Okay. Apple no slices bananas. is too sweet. No. No bananas. No that's bananas. Right. Dried fruit is on this. Can't have dried fruit. It that's says without out. added Ooh, sugar. Get you a bunch of plain rice cakes, dude. There you go. Ah, plain I rice think I cakes. like that. Okay, I think we've settled That'll on it, Chad. Good stuff, man. I think you know what I think. I think you should go find something else to not do for forty days. 
Try not giving up, giving up. That would really help you out. <laughs> Love it. That uh. would be awesome. Then you wouldn't have this problem. So, Chad, I've, anyway, I've, uh, Chad, I've detoured your entire phone call. What did you want to call in about today? No, no, that's fine. No, I just wanted uh, T's and P's to everyone in Kansas City, man. That's super sad. Sad that we can't have anything nice anymore. Uh, also, um, dude, the 49ers are a disgrace, Steve. They're terrible. You're firing the guy that held that held Patrick Mahomes at three points in the first half? Three points in the first half. You're firing a guy? I know. You're going to fire somebody? Fire the special teams. 49ers, pathetic, dysfunctional. Uh, also, bowling is not a sport, and peach vodka is for women. I love you guys. Have a great day. Oh, I love it. I hope he's listening. That's awesome. Good job, Chad. Good job. Bowling is not a sport. Peach vodka is for women. That call was designed to go after one human being and one human being only. I wonder who. And by the way, this is day one. This is day one. He's got 40 of these to go. And I'll tell you right now, Chad will probably call every day and throw it at him. Every single day. I love that. Love that. All right. Good start to the show. Appreciate as we continue here on Sports Talk. Uh, is it possible that you would consider giving anything else up for 40 days instead of sweets? Well, we made this pact. I, I think that— What I, if you guys both do something different? No, I think we've got to stick to it. I think we knew the challenge. We knew the challenge going into it. But um, I think the the like, the like question, the questionable ones, the on-the-fence ones, will probably be pretty liberal on them. Mm. By the way, Renee just texted into the show, does sugar substitute count? Of course it counts. It's still sweet. Yes, it counts, thank goodness man. I drink my coffee black. Yeah, you can't uh, no no cream no cream in your sugar no in your coffee none of that or tea can't do that. Got to drink black coffee sweeteners uh, no stevia none of that stuff sweet and low. It's, listen, easy. If it's sweet, it's out. That's right. Aspartame gone. Yeah, we well, got this. We got this. Check in with me after forty days. I've mapped it out. It's March thirty first, by the way. I have an idea what you should. I'm going to tell you during the break what I think. Okay. You should, what I think you guys should have come up with on the pact, and that would have been. And I'm going to ask you off air about this, and then you could tell me if you think this would be even tougher than giving up sweets for forty days. Let's do it. All right, we'll do that right after Charlie won. He's back. First traffic update of the afternoon. Charlie, how we doing? Back here on Sports Talk Twenty Past as we continue. No Jay Jaffe today. We mentioned it earlier. It's Valentine's Day. I think Jay is spending it with uh, his wife, Emma, and uh, daughter, Robin. So uh, we'll have Jay back next week. But that doesn't mean we can't talk baseball right now. In fact, I'm so excited about this, folks. We get an opportunity to join via the Longhorn Distributing Hotline, where all of our guests always appear. Pete Zamora, he is the new skipper of the El Paso Chihuahuas for 2024. So happy to have Pete uh, joining us uh, on the Longhorn Distributing Hotline. Pete, welcome aboard. I know you're in Major League Camp right now in Peoria, and I'll tell you what, you got to be loving this weather. This is probably going to be the nicest weather that you have uh, for about the next month or so. Am I right? Uh, it's, a, it's, it's beautiful. I, I, you know, I spent my offseason in uh, Southern California, and we were lucky and blessed to have a great uh, offseason there with the weather and we show up here and we're already getting, you know, 70 degrees and, and plenty of sun. So the boys are smiling. Uh, uh, they're feeling good. And it's just a, it's a good vibe out here right now. I know you're with Major League Camp. As far as minor league camp, specifically the, the AAA camp, have they all reported or are we going to start to see more and more players rolling in here over the next week or two? 
you know, a lot of the players are, are very proactive. They've already made their ways down in, into the Valley and uh, they're already preparing, even if they're not in big league camp. So we're seeing a variety of player down here. Obviously the guys that are in big league camp, but even the guys that were, were not, you know, not invited to big league camp, they're here and they're getting their workouts, they're getting their swings. And so, like I said, the excitement level is high and it, it's good to see the proactiveness. For my listeners that aren't necessarily as familiar with you as as some of the other names uh, that have been in here over the years, uh, you are synonymous with baseball. You grew up in a baseball family. You grew up a Padres fan. So I can imagine that as you continue to work your way up through the affiliate system in San Diego, it's got to be a dream come true for you to have the opportunity to spend so many years with the Padres. I mean, it's it's absolutely uh, like I said, it's something I don't take very lightly at all. My uh, my father played a couple of years in the minor leagues with the Padres in in the late '60s. Uh, San Diego is where my mother's from, and and her and obviously her parents. So San Diego is has always been a special place to me. Uh, when I got back into baseball after my retirement, about you know eight or nine years later, San Diego was the first team to call, and I, I just said yes to everything they offered because it's, it, there's not a better place to play baseball, not a better place to live. So. Uh, it was a no-doubter for me. Pete Zamora joining us uh, here on Sports Talk, manager of the El Paso Chihuahuas. Um, it's interesting, too, because uh, you have a relationship with Rod Barajas, somebody that we knew uh, dating all the way back to the late 90s when he came up through the Diablos and the Diamondback system here in El Paso when they were a double-A team in the Texas League. Then he comes back, manages the club uh, with the Padres, and did a terrific job. Very well-liked individual. And uh, tell you what, when I heard that you and, uh, and Rod were close, uh, put a smile on my face. Yeah, I, he's just someone that uh, I respected right when I got back into the game. He was obviously the AAA manager, and I was a rookie ball pitching coach, and we used to have conversations right away. He wasn't too – he had zero ego in the matter and could talk baseball all day long with him in, in a comfort level. Uh, I played in the Texas League against Rod Barajas, and uh, he was as good as advertised as well. Just a, a very, very good baseball guy, and I wouldn't be blown away if he – we're a manager again in the big leagues. So, it, it, you know, all the success he had there in El Paso, uh, I'm excited to, to see what, you know, my staff can do going in there. But uh, the respectful for Rod Barajas is, is way up there. Pete, as somebody that uh, has handled pitchers uh, in this system and you know the game from both the mound as well as the field itself as far as the position players go, uh, I'm excited about a guy like Robbie Snelling. He's been climbing up through the ladder and uh, considered one of the better prospects in this organization. He's a, a pitcher that can easily um, you know, come to AAA this year, and if he pitches well, find himself in San Diego. Drew Thorpe is another one that the team acquired via trade. I feel like from a pitching standpoint, this team now has a few arms that are close to really helping uh, with the Padres as soon as this season. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Like uh, Robbie Snelling and, and Thorpe and these guys, it's like a reload. Uh, I've been here long enough to see having to trade some of my favorite prospects, like an extremely close relationship with Mackenzie Gore and, and Luis Patino and those guys. And, and they're not with us anymore, but you know what? We reload, and A.J. does a great job with him and his scouts and bringing more players in here. And Robbie Snelling's at the top of the list. And one thing I can tell you about Robbie Snelling, he's one of the toughest and hardworking guys I've met in this game since I've been back. Um, phenomenal human being, takes the ball every day you give it to him, listens. Uh, he's just a great teammate. So uh, 
she is as advertised and I, the excitement level is is well earned as somebody that knows those guys you know snelling and yet you know you're going to be handling uh the club this year as a manager i'm curious Former pitching coach, now manager, what's your style going to be? Are you going to try to run a lot? Are you the kind of manager that you'll just play the style that matches the club's talent that you have? Give us a little bit of a, of a sneak peek into what kind of baseball we could expect uh, when, when you're here in El Paso. I, for me, I go back to the standards of, Pod, of the Padre organization. Uh, we've created certain things that we like to do and standards that we hold our players accountable to and hold our staff to. We want to play Padre baseball. And uh, in the last couple of years, being into the playoffs in San Diego and being, you know, you know, a couple of times in the postseason, we're starting to create standards and trying to create that Padre way. But uh, I will tell you this, these kids will work. Uh, they've developed the work ethic. They, they've learned the work ethic. And uh, we will play whatever baseball you want to play on, on any given night, whatever it takes to win baseball. Um, we will try to take everything from the opponent and try to give nothing away. So that's the thought process going in. Our pitchers will throw the ball over the plate. And like I said, we're, we're trying to build those standards of, of the Padres organization. I've seen young teams here in El Paso with some of the top prospects in the organization and then there was last season's team, one of the oldest teams, if not the oldest team we've ever had here in El Paso, where the average age was probably late 20s, early 30s, because there were so many guys that had been up and down through the uh, minors and majors over the course of their careers, and they were all assembled here. It was a veteran team. So as I've seen this group get built, it almost seems like it's a combination of both. You still have some vets, but you also have some of those young players. We mentioned uh, Snelling. There's also Jackson Merrill and, of course, Ethan Salas, young talent that are on their way up who could even be in El Paso at some point this season. Yeah, I mean, every year represents a, a, a new strategy, a, a new world. Um, players come and go. Um, we're excited about the the young the young crew. We're excited about the reload. We're excited about the guys that are in the big leagues. So, like I said, what we do in El Paso is to to produce a a second line for San Diego to 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 produce the depth for the San Diego Padres. And these guys, half of a lot of these younger guys already know what that takes. And these guys that we've brought in off other organizations to fill that depth, they're going to understand the standards of the Padres organization as well. So they are all prepared not to get back to the big leagues, but prepared to be San Diego Padres. What about for you? I mean, I would assume the end goal is one day be in a big league clubhouse uh, with a big league job, whether it's manager, pitching coach, bench coach. There's so many jobs now in the big leagues. But is that your ultimate goal, an opportunity like the players you're going to be managing, a chance to someday be in San Diego? I tell you what, my ultimate goal is, after being a San Diego Charger fan for over 25 years and a Padre fan, I would just love to see any sort of parade to represent a world championship in the city of San Diego. It has nothing to do with me and my job and what I do. I'm 48 years old. I'm pretty, feel pretty good about what I, you know, what I've accomplished or what I'm doing. I, I, I would love the city of San Diego to, to have its first sports world championship. And uh, you know, my grandma who is no longer with us, but they were all Padre fans. They were all Charger fans. We've dealt with Philip Rivers as one of my favorite athletes of all time, um, but they never won. And, and that city deserves that. So 
going forward with my career is just being part of that. And if that's a rookie ball pitching coach or if that's anything, just being part of the San Diego Padres as they became the, the first team that wins here, then then I'm all for it. I love it. All right, so fair enough. As long as there's a parade, whether you're in one of the cars leading it or you're in the crowd cheering them on, you're going to be happy either way. Absolutely. It's going to be a beautiful day. Look forward to it. Hey, look forward to meeting with you and uh, get a chance to have you back on the show throughout the season. Uh, Skip, great stuff. Thanks for the time, and uh, enjoy yourself over the next month out there in Peoria. Hey, I really appreciate it, and uh, like I said, we're excited to get out there. It's Pete Zamora, folks, joining us here on Sports Talk as we continue. Come back with plenty more, but first, let's get over to Adrian and get this bottom of the hour Sports Center update. Appreciate uh, the new skipper of the El Paso Chihuahuas, Pete Zamora, joining us on the program. And now, without any further ado, here on a Valentine's Day, who better to have on the show than the host of the Schoolyard Sports Podcast, Mister, uh, you know, Sports Podcast himself? He's the one and only Lane Frank. Good to have you back. How you doing? Great to be back. Couldn't be happier to be on here. Lost stuff to go over for me and for you ton to go over for you. By the way, thank you uh, for covering for us last Monday while we were out uh, starting to get our interviews ready to go for uh, media night. And by the way, while you were on air, you know what we were doing? What were you guys doing? We were eating the food and beverages from the Super Bowl out in the suite level. That gave us the food and beverage preview. And I'm not talking about the stuff they were selling to uh, most people at the games. I'm talking about the high-end stuff. We had lobster baked potatoes. We had um, Kobe. We had um, well, we had del- delicious beef. What was the beef we had, Adrian? We had that was good stuff. Oh too. my goodness, wagyu, the wagyu beef. Ooh. So you had the two and a half million dollar suite experience. We did that Radio Row. That's right. That's fun. We had the two and a half million dollar suite experience. In fact, hey, you went viral this week. What's that? You went viral this week. It was. I, I get to. Yes. I, I, I pulled a Lane Frank. I asked a question to um, the the one and only Andy Reid. I should have asked him about the Schoolyard Sports Podcast nah. and the host of the show, but I had to throw a little El Paso at him and uh, get a little El Paso reference. It was good. No, of course. That's your moment. You got the great question. Went viral for it. It's nice when FitFam picks you up for a good thing and not a bad thing. Exactly. It's Most like- people will say they never want to go on FitFam because they're worried about what would happen if they're on it. In this particular situation, I was very happy to have my name linked to, to that uh, particular quote on FitFam. Your God's not ESPN 600 host Steve Kaplitz doesn't know how to drive. Exactly. Or you know, or goes through a bank or something like that. That's the last thing I need. There gets arrested. Fine. Yes, that's exactly. It says, Go watch inebriated host uh, Steve Kaplowitz say something like, uh, hey, I, I, I really like my tequila. No, no it's not. Sports not argument gone wrong. Let me say this, and this is also very important. This is one of the reasons why I enjoy my beverages at the house. You will not usually ever find me um, you know, enjoying them and hitting the road. i, I got to be careful. need to stay away from stuff like that. So that's, that's the most important thing. But the game ended. Chiefs won. You came close. You came close. Um, when did you feel like the 49ers were just not going to win that football game? When they couldn't get touchdowns on their drives. Every single drive was so great, it seemed like. But the Chiefs would bend. They wouldn't break. That's my thing right there because 49ers could rally off three straight first downs. And then after those three straight first downs, you're in a third and 13 situation. Not ideal. That's why I saw from the play calling, from the offense. They would get a few great plays. I say it for the first drive, great first drive, McCaffrey fumbles. Great few drives late in the game, and you have to settle for a field goal or a good punt. 
instead of getting a touchdown. How do you fire Steve Wilkes after what happened in that game? Like, it wasn't Steve Wilkes' fault they lost to the Kansas City Chiefs. I was shocked that the 49ers decided to let him go after one season. Yeah, I was pretty surprised by that, too. Him not getting a head coaching job maybe had something to do with this, but very surprised by that decision. And I wonder who they're going to hire because it's not like defense coordinators are just on the market every year, and they're going to have someone to replace. I mean, they replaced D'Amico Ryans last year. Now you're going to have to replace Steve Wilkes and get a whole new system in there? I don't get it. And the year before that, Sala, who had to be replaced? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. I, I just I, This one I have a hard time with. I thought that the 49er defense was not the problem. It was never the problem, really. I mean, by the way, Nobody can stop Patrick Mahomes, all right? Baltimore couldn't do it. Buffalo couldn't do it. The Dolphins couldn't do it. Fact is, when the game is on the line, there's probably nobody, nobody, you would rather put the ball in the hands than Patrick Mahomes. He's the best improviser football's ever seen. The sport of football has never seen a better improviser than Patrick Mahomes. He won them that game with his legs, great plays on fourth down, great plays on first down, second down, late in the game, Third down, Patrick Williams, the best improviser the game of football has ever seen. Shirt right there in that Super Bowl. I agree with you. Uh, episode 157 dropping this week for Schoolyard Sports. Uh, and today is Wednesday. Will it be dropping tomorrow? It will be dropping tomorrow. Got a great episode. One of the best, I'd say, in a while for sure. I mean, they're all great. But this, is one, this one stands out. Recapping the Super Bowl, talking a lot of stuff. Go tune in. Schoolyard Sports, episode 157. Drops tomorrow on all podcast platforms. And Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube for the video. You think you're ever going to come on the show one day and say to me, you know what? Episode 158 really sucked. I didn't like it. I didn't feel good about it. It's dropping tomorrow, but I'm just, I, I, I you know what? To all my listeners out there, skip it. Just wait, you know, wait for 159 because you know what? It wasn't, it wasn't one of my best. Are you, is it, will, ever, will we ever get to the point where you will rip one of your podcasts before it drops? You know, I've had episodes that I haven't loved in the past. Maybe I'll go with. I don't know if I want to, I think it was episode 50, I was really sick that day, wasn't a good episode, oh, that was a while ago, I was in 8th grade, I was a little 13 year old, now I'm 16, yeah. uh, a few other episodes, maybe not during football season, kind of where it gets boring, this time of year, maybe some st- hard to get a little bit of content in there. I've had shows that sucked, I mean, I, do, I you know, it. they, they, they do, for a variety of reasons, sometimes we have technical issues, sometimes, you know, not, not the greatest uh, of, of just topics or calls or guests, or I'm not on my game, and I just feel like I had an off day. Look, you, it can't be great every single day. There are going to come times when, you know what, it's just, it, it's not the best, uh, but you just got to, you know, move on and wait for the next show. You know, yours is a little bit tougher because you can't redo your segments. I can redo a segment if I mess up. I've had episodes before where I've had to redo a segment, two segments, three segments. And it's just tough, but this one, no redos, great episode. Adrian is giving up sweets for Lent this year. How difficult do you think that will be? That's going to be tough. It's going to be awful. Sweets are good. What are you, what, what is your favorite sweets? I don't even know. Maybe cookies. Let's go with that. Cookies. What's your favorite Valentine's Day sweet? Ooh, Valentine's Day sweet? Or any sweet. I, well, first off, my favorite is chocolate dipped strawberries. I don't I, like strawberries. Oh, really? Not even chocolate dipped strawberries? Oh, my God. I make them homemade. Okay. I do. I, I you know, they're not, it's not, it doesn't take rocket science to chocolate dip a strawberry, but I, I do enjoy those. And um, I made those a couple of weeks ago, actually, for, uh, for the family. And uh, they were delicious, but that's my that's my go to. But I'm I'm a big chocolate guy. That's my that'd be the toughest thing for me to try to give up. In fact, I popped in a uh, dark chocolate uh, peanut butter cup before the show started today. It's one of my lucky uh, one of my lucky moves. I, I do that, and I feel good feel good about the show. But Adrian, think about this now. Not only is he giving up chocolate, he 
can't have cereal unless it's like, you know, um, unless it's like Cheerios. You can't eat sugar cereal. Can't have yogurt if it's flavored. Got to have that unsweetened stuff, which is exactly, you're making a face. I would No sodas, no nothing. He can't even have like pizza if the tomato sauce is sweet. Like, you think about that for a second. Like, if you're eating, like, a, a pizza and the tomato sauce is kind of sweet, can't have it. That's out. So he's really – this is going to be – this is not going to be easy. That's some tough stuff right there, Adrian. You know, I, I feel like those those ones right there are coming off the top rope, Steve. Like, the pizzas and stuff like that. I feel like well, the sweets was intended for more, like, desserts and, like, yeah. you know, you're not supposed to have chocolates. You're not supposed to have candies. You're not sp- and, and what we've said before, we've already talked about okay. a lot of them. The, you know, the, the um, like, kind of like the yogurts that we talked about with sugar. We also talked about trail mix and stuff like yeah. that. Those are all N.O.'s. Okay. Fruit, do you agree with me at least that you can't have fruit? Yeah, I agree. I agree. Otherwise, Ultimately, if you, if I, yesterday I probably it, didn't, but like you, today yeah. after this whole discussion, yes. I, listen, as a sweet tooth guy, sometimes I'll just pop a couple grapes in, and that's what, and that, that satisfies me. I'm good to go. It simply is simply put. So, you know, fruit is great because if you have a sweet tooth, it's the natural sugars, but it's still there. So I'll just eat pizza instead. There you go. No ice cream. Can't do that. Right. No cake. I'm good with that. By the way, we are going to have birthdays here over the next 40 days. And I know. you are going to see some birthday cakes at the radio station that are going to make you crazy. It's going to be so – this look, is not going to be easy. Look, I, I, I'm okay with the early morning missing out on cake. The worst parts are going to be like post-minor talk. There's mm. no nothing available, nothing <laughs> open at like 1130 in the evening. We're, we're scrambling around trying to get some food. Jack in the box over here is open. McDonald's is open. What you, what are you gonna get out there? This is so, it's awful. So you considering that sweet getting like French fries? No, not necessarily. Okay. Now, now here's the deal with, with French fries. Okay, let me give you my thoughts on this. To me, like McDonald's fries or uh, whatever, whatever fast food fries, they're fine. The one place you can't have fries, Five Guys. Fair enough. Because those are sweet fries. You can't do that. You they can't, also give you a million. They do give you that's exactly. They give you, and you can't and you can't eat your fries with ketchup. Yeah. Can't do that either. It's awful, man. I'm telling you, this yeah. is not going to be. This is not going to be. Easy. <laughs> uh, okay, question before we go to break: If Orly breaks his vow before the end of Lent, will you then break your vow? Uh, And and go back to having sweets. You know what? I should have like an emergency chocolate bar here. And then if I pick up the phone and Orly's on the phone, I get to eat it. And and no one can tell my wife because my wife is in on this with me. So like we're doing this together. So no one can tell her. I feel that if Orly breaks his vow on Lent and calls into the show at any point, you are officially off the hook with the no sweets for 40 days. I do feel that your vow and Orly should be tied in with each other, neck and neck, hand in hand. And if he decides to break it and calls the show, simply put, I will have I have four candy bars right now in my office. I will bring you one, and you can then just completely celebrate Orly's call with a, with a chocolate bar. Okay, I'm in on this. This sounds great. I'm, I'm totally in. Just don't tell my wife. Does she listen to the show? No, not right now. You're safe. I'm safe. Okay, when we come back, more with Lane. I'm excited about this. We got a lot more to talk about with Lane Frank. We'll do that next. Sports Talk continues. 600 ESPN El Paso. Back here on Sports Talk, eight in front of five. We continue right now with the host of the Schoolyard Sports Podcast, 
Mr. Lane Frank drove himself here today to the show. How's the new car? You like it? It's so much fun. Good. good. It's, it's good to be good, driving. Good you, drive. Do you enjoy driving? I enjoy driving. You stay on the right side of the lane? Of course. That's good. Just making sure. Just make sure. Yeah. How's the parking going? Parking's the hardest. I'll say that. Parking's not easy at Coronado. It's no. a mess. I'm not even tennis. here at this, yeah. at this building. It's pretty easy to park here. At least we don't have any cars up front. Yeah, exactly. That that is true. It's easy to park up front. With Mahomes winning on Sunday, um, where do you put him right now in that in that battle against uh, Brady that everybody's going to be talking about for the next ten years? Two, and I don't know if he'll ever get to number one. Even if he gets eight Super Bowls, there's still going to be the argument for Brady over Mahomes. Why? Because Brady beat Mahomes twice, conference championship and Super Bowl. No, that is. You know what? Listen, that, even that, Mahomes said it. Yeah, that's a good point. Although, if you think about it, um, the difference is, you said it best, Mahomes is the best improviser in the league, and Brady never really needed to improvise, he just got it done. Right. Big play. His, look, what was Tom Brady's kryptonite? The New York Giants. Nick Foles. Yeah. And Decent he lost, quarterbacks. And he, lost, and he lost to the Eagles. NFC East. Decent Eli. quarterbacks were his, were his kryptonite. Crazy. Crazy. Um, all right, this came in earlier on uh, Twitter X from King Eric. I think the most common thing people give up for Lent is alcohol. Maybe try giving up alcohol. Too easy. I don't drink that much. Yeah, so it wouldn't be that tough for you. Yeah. yeah. All right. We didn't drink as much in Vegas as we – you know what we did? When we were at the NFL media night – that was the night. That's what we both were uh, going after yeah. that tequila, those tequila drinks. Yeah, and the problem is we were exhausted. We were working like 14-hour oh. days. So no. <laughs> if we were to drink anything, we would have fell asleep. You know, that's why Foss and Chris are at so much, so many more parties than we are. They show up like a half an hour before their show. As soon as the show's over, they're kind of floating around. Then they leave. Buy it's an merch. E- it's an easy, yeah, buying merch, going to the NFL experience. It's an easy day for them. You guys are working. We worked 10, 11 hour days every day we were there. Were you gambling at all? Vegas. Uh, no. I, Adrian Adrian yeah. gambled for about a half hour. Was there a casino in your hotel? Every hotel. Every hotel in Vegas has yeah, a casino. Exactly. Yeah, it's ridiculous. So there's no such thing as hotels in Vegas without casinos. They're, they're <laughs> all over the place. So yeah, you can't avoid it. But anyway. Uh, but it was fun. It was a good trip. All right. When we come back, we've got one more segment with you. Let's go around the horn. We'll talk about everything. Let's do it. All right, beautiful. Lane's here with us. Sports Talk continues. 600 ESPN El Paso. Hour number two of three is underway. Welcome back, everybody. He's Adrian Broadus. I'm Steve Kaplowitz. We've got uh, Lane Frank with us, the host of the Schoolyard Sports Podcast, uh, along with River Oaks Properties, making uh, Lane's appearances here for us every single week. I love that. In fact, whenever you check out uh, shopping centers all over the city on the far west side, uh, Paseo del Norte, you can also check them out on the far east side of town. And every time you go look, take a look and see if you see the River Oaks property sign. That's what they do. They build shopping centers all over El Paso. In fact, uh, you never know. You could be, uh, uh, if you have a local business, you could be going into one of their shopping centers. It's River Oaks Properties, and uh, they will continue to develop around El Paso, and they are proudly bringing us lean here each and every week on the program. All right, we talked uh, football. That's over and, and done with. Who's your early pick for the 2024 season? Who's, who's, who's going to be your Super Bowl 59 pick? I would say run it back with the Chiefs, but there are a lot of great teams out there. Underrated pick that I'm not seeing anywhere, Cincinnati Bengals. If, big F, but if, Joe Burrow stays healthy. I think Joe Burrow can stay healthy. I think that. He, he, the problem is he hasn't done enough of that throughout the first part of his career. 
I think for the NFC, Niners definitely a great option, but yeah. Drake Greenlaw is going to be out the whole season, which is kind of a bummer for them right there. I think another team out of the NFC, Green Bay Packers. Look out for them. Jordan Love, Aaron Jones, great team. Could Harbaugh go back-to-back? Harbaugh could definitely go back-to-back. That's a great point right there. They brought some great staff. Steve Klingscale from Michigan, Mike Elston from Michigan, Free Greg Gauss from Michigan. He's taking Jesse Minner from Michigan, Ben Herbert from Michigan. Taking their whole staff, but he's going to do a great job with it. I think he just took his old head coach from the Bears as a special assistant to the head coach of the Chargers. I didn't know the guy's name. I never heard him before, but probably your time, Bears head coach. Chargers are going to be great. They just need the pieces. They need a head coach to put all the pieces together, and that's Jim Harbaugh. Would this be the first time in the history of football that a coach could win a national championship and a Super Bowl championship in consecutive years? I believe so. Pete Carroll, he had a few years of separation. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's ever right. Exactly. I don't think it's ever happened before in terms of consecutive years. That would be pretty remarkable if it happens. But think about how stacked the AFC is right now. You already have Baltimore with John Harbaugh. Now you've got Jim in, in with the Chargers. You still have Andy Reid uh, with the Kansas City Chiefs. And then you go down the list and you see you've got Buffalo still knocking on the door. Cincinnati knocking on the door. Um, if- Houston. Right, Houston um, and D'Amico Ryans. If the Jets can get a healthy Aaron Rodgers, the big if, million-dollar question. But if Aaron Rodgers can stay healthy and they can build him an offensive line, they'll become a player in the AFC next year. I think Robert Sala, too big of an ego, doesn't get done. How can you have a big ego when you're terrible? How does that happen? Like you say, now, do you feel he has a too big of an ego just because of what you watched on Hard Knocks? No, not just that. Just the way the whole Zach Wilson situation went, just from... Stuff about Robert Sala that I don't love. I don't think that they should have a defensive head coach right now. Yeah. I just don't believe in it. All right, so you're not a uh, you're just not a Jets believer because of all the negs there. The I used negative. to be a Jets believer, not anymore. I got you. All right. And Lions. The, you mentioned in the Lions and the NFC. We got the Lions. We have the 49ers. We have the Packers. Could the Cowboys be in the mix next year? Cowboys could definitely be in the mix next year. Team, we're all forgetting about Philadelphia Eagles. They could definitely be in the mix next year. I mean, they were 10-0 at one point this year, 10-1. They got a chance. How about the Bucks? You think they could have a stronger year next season? That was going to be my next point. Yes, they can definitely have a stronger year next year. Now they might lose Mike Evans, they might lose Chris Goblin, which would be a massive downgrade. And I believe if that happens, you move on from Baker Mayfield, you start fresh with a new quarterback. But if they can bring those guys back, you bring Baker Mayfield back, you're back in the playoffs. We interviewed Kirk Cousins, who's rehabbing from his Achilles injury. Who's quarterbacking the Vikings next season? I want to be Drake May. Actually, my podcast... Scored Sports episode 157 for the mock draft. I had them trading up to pick number two, selecting Drake May. They need a quarterback. I love Kirk Cousins, but Justin Jefferson isn't going to sit around forever playing for Kirk Cousins. I saw that they might bring in Sam Darnold. I like Darnold. He's not going to sit around and play for Darnold. They need a gunslinger. They need a new guy. Drake May is that guy. Kirk Cousins is going to ask for a lot of money this offseason, and he's coming off an Achilles injury. That is a dangerous combination if you're Minnesota. I would much rather maybe go for that high draft pick and hand him the keys to the car than hope that 35-year-old Kirk Cousins comes back or 36-year-old Kirk Cousins comes back healthy. Now Kirk Cousins has had some MVP-like seasons in the past. This year even before the Achilles injury, I just don't think that he can win the playoffs and I don't think they get it done. All right. We talked about the Steve Wilkes firing earlier. In your mind, is that a mistake for San Francisco? When you bring up Mike Vrabel being available, I say no, not a mistake. Mike Vrabel could be the best defense coordinator in the game. Also, Bill Belichick, does he want to be a defense coordinator? My answer to that is absolutely not. Okay. What about you? I said there's a chance. 
Adrian, you think Belichick would ever want to come back as a DC? I'm just going to say this. Belichick and the Shanahan family are very close. So I'm just going to throw it out. He's, he's closer to not Kyle, his dad. He's closer to Mike for sure. But it's not necess- it, it wouldn't be far-fetched in my opinion. Let's go to the phones. Dan's joining us next on the show. Dan, you're up. How are you today? Hey, I just, you know, it's getting to the level of absurdity out there in San Francisco, in my opinion. So you're firing a guy that you bring in that held the best quarterback in the league in check for an entire game. Your decision to keep an inept quarterback like Purdy uh, costs you the game. Purdy had to have someone else pass a touchdown pass for him. He has so many weapons outside, it's embarrassing that he didn't use them. That's not a defensive issue. That's an offensive issue. And there's no way in heck Belichick is going to be anybody's defensive coordinator. That's a, that would be an insult to the man's legacy. Depends on now, how bad he wants to come cow, back, right, Dan? Fire cow. Yeah, fire cow. And, of course, Belichick would take that team because he'd win a Super Bowl next year because he'd go out and get a capable quarterback. Purdy is not the answer. I'm sorry. I'm disgusted by them firing that defensive coordinator. That man did his job. The defense did their job. All those pro bowlers on offense failed. Kittle, all of those weapons he have, and the best you can do is have a one wide receiver so throw a touchdown pass to another one on a gimmick play. Please. Dan, who's your team? Um, I'm a big fan of San Francisco, not San Francisco, of KC. Okay. Used to love the Cowboys. But uh, there's certain players I like, and so I root for certain players because of cultural, some cultural issues that I have with football going back for generations in America. I got you. Uh, it's just interesting to me because we took a lot of calls yesterday from a lot of people, and you are one of the few I've heard who are really critical of Brock Purdy as quarterback. In fact, talking about how they need to make a change, I've heard others say that he is a franchise quarterback, will get better, and it was interesting. We pulled up his numbers, yes, uh, during the regular season. 31 touchdowns, 11 interceptions, 4,200 yards, 70% completion rating. Took him to the Super Bowl in year number two. Beat the Lions with his legs and came back from 20 down at halftime. So we've seen things from Brock Purdy that make you look like you're watching a franchise quarterback. But as you pointed out yesterday and again today, you absolutely believe that Purdy is not the man for the job at San Francisco. I can I, let me put it to you like this, and just imagine this for a minute. You have racehorses outside. Do you remember the old little games we used to play with in the seventies, where you put the little player on this board and it would start uh, uh, vibrating? Yeah, electric football. I had we had a set at the house. Electric football, yeah. sure. All of the Brock Purdy is moving at that speed. Everyone else around him is moving at light speed. If you put Jackson, if you put Mahomes, even if you put the young kid from Houston, if you put Kirk Cousins in that offense, do you mean to tell me he couldn't put up more than they need with all of those weapons on offense and Christian McCaffrey on offense? Remember, Jimmy G did not have McCaffrey. That is an embarrassing offense, and it's sick that they didn't win. And and Carroll is supposed to be the G, the offensive guru. He should have. They should have fired him because who's who's the common denominator for all their losses? The coach. He was there yeah. for all of them. By now, the way, how many defense coordinators can you go through? By the way, if you had your choice, Brock Purdy or Dak Prescott, who are you taking to lead the 49ers? Neither. You have to pick one. Have to pick one. Okay. I would take, based on just the 
high the potential, I would take Dak. All right. Because Shanahan could probably get his mind right. McC- McC- uh, uh, McCarthy. For the Cowboys, they yeah, McCarthy. Just, he can't get his head right. Two years in a row in the playoffs, he had, he's brain dead in a playoff game. That's a coaching issue. Dan, I love you. Thanks for the call. Appreciate you calling right, back thank to you. me. All right, take care. Dan, giving us a ring. Give me your thoughts. Give me your take on, on Dan's issue with, uh, with Purdy, because as he said, he feels he's too slow and just not up to the speed of the rest of the team. That was a great call, but I love Brock Purdy. I think Brock Purdy had a great season. If you watch some plays that he made, again, you said 31 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. That's a Kirk Cousins type of season. I don't see Jimmy G in any offense throwing for 30 touchdowns. Brock Purdy played great this season. He played well enough in the Super Bowl. Going back to the Steve Wilkes thing, Steve Wilkes played great or had a great game plan in the Super Bowl without Talanoa Hufunga the whole entire playoffs. His best safety, one of the best safeties in the NFL because he got hurt for the rest of the season. And Trey Greenlaw, Trey Greenlaw's replacement, had one of the worst games we've seen in Super Bowl history. And Greenlaw's injury is exactly when Kansas City's offense started clicking. Exactly. Because suddenly Mahomes had a little more time to throw and wasn't uh, being pressured like he was in the first uh, quarter and a half. And then Fred Warner has to take on another assignment. Just think of those things. I understand. All right. Adrian, any thoughts on Dave? You know, I just am curious because there's uh, there's an void uh, for the 49ers to fill this offseason for their backup quarterback and that's how Purdy was put into this position in the first place right I mean he was he was the backup option at the time to Jimmy G and Trey Lance wasn't ready at the time so I'm curious what do they do to address the backup quarterback position because I, I don't think all signs are pointing to the 49ers running it back with Purdy but who's going to back him up next year that that's going to be I think a really key spot and it's going to be interesting to see who that ends up being it will be um, Sam Darnold was that guy this year, and I don't feel comfortable if I'm the 49ers putting the offense in Sam's hands. I think Brock Purdy's the guy. I don't get the difference. I saw a mock draft them taking J.J. McCarthy, which wouldn't be a bad decision, but Brock Purdy's your guy. Yeah. Took you to a Super Bowl. Baseball's starting now. Um, we just had on Pete Zamora in the first hour, the new manager of the El Paso Chihuahuas. Uh, you tell me, uh, as we get ready for the start of the baseball season, the defending World Series champion, Texas Rangers. Never thought you'd say that before. Who do you feel right now at this point, early on, that you're really excited about as we get ready for the Cactus League and the Grapefruit League out there in uh, Arizona and Florida? The Mets. No, I'm really? Kidding. I'm kidding. I'm, kidding. I'm, not, I'm not excited cannot about the Mets. Be, it cannot be the Mets. It's got to be the Dodgers, the great lineup they have of the stars, the utility yeah. guys, the rotation they have where they can put an absolute elite starter in their bullpen. It's great. I agree with you. I'm excited about the Dodgers this year. I think they're going to be terrific. Um, and, and, and the Dodgers are always good. But now, uh, again, spending doesn't guarantee a World Series, but they made themselves that much better this offseason. I know you say spending doesn't guarantee a World Series, but it's baseball. You don't have to have chemistry with other guys on the team. These are stars. Yes and no. How many times have we seen great players just not mesh? And I'm going to give you an example. The Padres. You put Tatis, Machado, um, Soto. You had that great offensive lineup. They didn't. They didn't hit like they were supposed to. Pitching wasn't great either. I mean, you know, Snell was the Cy Young, but they didn't have anything behind him. You know, Musgrove never really uh, performed like he's used to performing, and they were injured. So you never know. I mean, 
that's the beauty of, of the sport is sometimes a couple of players go on the IL and next thing you know, you're scrambling trying to see how good your uh, your minor league system is. You know, you have three leadoff guys, you have three clamp guys on the team. Not all of them can take that number four, number three, number one spot. So yep. that's kind of, I guess, what I think right there. And it's also, I'm not the main guy on this team. Maybe I can relax a little bit. Maybe Manny will take care of it. Maybe Juan will take care of it. Maybe Fernando can take care of it. That's one thing right there. Who is the main guy with the Dodgers right now? Is it Shohei? Because you've got Freeman. You've got you are so loaded Mookie. on that team. What's that? Mookie Betts. Yeah. yeah. Who's your Who's your alpha male on a team that's filled with them? I think Shohei and Yoshinobu Yamamoto will know their role really well. That this is Mookie's team. This is Freddie Freeman. They're the leaders of this team. We're the stars. They're the leaders. I don't know, but Shohei is one of those guys that just. I mean, he doesn't have an ego. No, he, he does. To Mike Trout. He, 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 took, he probably would take a backseat to anybody, but what I'm saying is all he does is produce. For sure, but he's not going to be the guy who's going to be a leader of this team. That's going to be Mookie. That's going to be Freddie Freeman. Yeah, uh, and it's going to be fun. And do you feel like the Dodgers are just going to run away with the NL pennant this year? Oh, without a doubt. Unless the New York Mets can make a run. I don't see that happening. Could Your they, eyes went sad could, right there. Uh, you keep throwing the Mets at me. It's it's so depressing. They They're running their organization. They, they hired the former GM of the Brewers. And I feel like the Mets have suddenly turned into Milwaukee. They're it's, running like they're a, like like they have, they no, have money. no budget. <laughs> they're yes. running like they have no budget when Steve Cohen's the richest owner in North American sports. It's so frustrating. It's so almost frustrating. like Steve Cohen spent for a couple of years, decided I'm not getting my return. Let me go and uh, try to hire a very budget friendly GM and make this a little uh, different when it comes to spending. Are the Mets going to keep Pete Alonso? They already said they're going to lose him. And, well, they're, they're going to let him go into free agency and then hope to bring him back. That's ridiculous, in my opinion. I mean, I love Pete, but I think they trade him. Do you? If you're going to let him go into free agency and you're having a rough year, they're going to trade him at the deadline and try to get him back in free agency. Yeah, but if you trade him at the deadline, you're not going to get the return you would normally get because he's a rental for somebody. That's you trade the problem. Because you can't do that now. No, you can't. Season hasn't even started yet. Thanks, send him. Well, they're not, they don't want to do that. They've already said they're going to wait because he's a Boris client. They're going to wait till after the season. It's ridiculous. Yeah, listen. Because then when that happens, it's a free-for-all. 157 drops tomorrow. Super Bowl wrap-up. What else you have planned? Uh, what else do I have planned? I have my NFL mock draft. Got my NBA midseason award show. Great episode. Go tune in. Excellent. Uh, how's tennis going at Coronado? Tennis going great. Had a good tournament last week. Got some stuff coming up. Good. When you see you have some stuff coming up, what does that mean? Just more tournaments. Okay. Be fun. Are yeah. you playing? Uh, did, you, did you win last week? I got fourth place last week, but we had a massive upset going to the semifinals. It was fun. That's good. Yeah. Um, who is the uh, – yes, uh, go ahead, Adrian. Oh, no, keep going, keep going. I, I have an NBA question. Who is the team to beat uh, in terms of high school tennis in El Paso? Used to be – I mean, I'll say it's Coronado because we won district for 25 straight years, but Franklin did upset us this year, but I'll still go with us, Coronado. I think we're the best team in town. Do we have spring tennis? We do have spring tennis. But it's you, not team tennis, it's individual. Okay, so for you, that's a chance to try to move up. What are you playing right now on the individual side? Playing uh, doubles right now. So you're not doing any uh, singles? Not yet, no. Doubles well, right now. But you're, you're still a sophomore. Yeah, exactly. Is the goal for you to be in singles competition by your junior and senior year? I mean, I love both. I'm fine with playing both. Okay. Yeah. Uh, doubles, is, doubles, to me, is, is such an interesting version because you, you really have to rely on your partner. That's the biggest thing. Not necessarily. If you mesh well, it's all good. You mesh well with your partner? Yep. How's your net game? That game's been great. Excellent. Okay, Adrian. All right, NBA question for you, Lane. Today we heard that uh, the Warriors tried to trade for LeBron, right? Um, uh, I want to ask you four different scenarios. What's what's more likely to happen in the summer? Because this obviously didn't happen now, but something might drop in the summer. Number one, LeBron stays with the Lakers and they make a pact to draft his son. Number two, 
the the Lakers trade him to the Warriors for Kaminga, Clay Thompson, maybe picks. Number three, they trade him to the Knicks. LeBron goes over to New York for Julius Randle, Josh Hart, and every pick that they have. Or Philadelphia. They trade him over there, and they get everybody, anybody they want except for Embiid and Maxi plus the picks. What do you think happens over the summer? I think they would definitely get Maxi if they trade him to the Sixers. I want the Knicks one to happen, but I don't see a Lakers trading for two former Lakers, Julius Randle and Josh Hart. But I hope the Knicks one happens. I think the most likely, as of right now, which shouldn't happen, is re-sign with the Lakers. I don't know if he wants to stay. It's such a good question. I'm not sure. Warriors would be interesting, though. Put him with Steph. Wouldn't that be fascinating? Would be fascinating. I like that. I think Warriors fans and Philly fans boo LeBron. I really do. Nick fans would love him. Oh, Knicks fans would, he'd would be welcome the him toast, home. He'd be the toast of the garden. Because the Knicks never got Jordan. And if they could find a way to get uh, LeBron at the end of his career, I think Nick fans would be all in on that. I really do. Ben Stiller, I'd Spike Lee, they'd be all over I was over thinking that. about it today. A lap of LeBron, Jalen Brunson, it would work great. Ananobi. Ananobi, oh, it'd be oh, great. Oh, my goodness. That's hey, uh, the team LeBron desires. Were you at the uh, UTEP New Mexico State game last Saturday night? I was. How great was that atmosphere and energy? Oh my gosh, one of the best atmospheres ever in the dawn. And they play, and and one and, and one great. of their best game, the best game of the season. I know New Mexico State's having a horrible season, but still, great win. Yeah, I thought they miners did everything that they needed to. How'd you like those uh, throwback Texas Western unis? Oh, they were good. First time wearing them with the new Adidas. Yes. Yeah, they're great. And they're making uh, replicas available for sale too. Those are sweet looking jerseys. I like those. The whiteout was all great. They gave you the T-shirts. Yes. Nice. All right, Were awesome stuff. I was there. Okay, we flew back uh, purposely on Friday night so we could make it to that game on Saturday. Yeah, it was a great game. I'm with you. Hey, we'll talk to you again next week. Thanks for the time, Lane. Talk soon. Thanks, right. Adrian. Good stuff, Lane. Lane Frank joining us here. Twenty one past as we continue on sports talk. All right, from Schoolyard Sports over to Charlie One. He's back with this traffic update. Twenty six past the hour. Sports talk continues. Along with uh, Adrian Broaddus, I'm Steve Kaplow. It's approaching the midway point of the show. Cinta de Oro is going to be dropping by in about 35 minutes. He's got a big wrestling match coming up this weekend. We'll talk about with Cinta. Always fun getting a chance to see him. I've got a caller on the line ready to go. I've got two lines open as well, 505-6009. Enrique Ortiz uh, messaged uh, in on uh, Twitter and X and said, The Brock Purdy bashing continues. All due respect to Dan, the 49ers made the Super Bowl. Dallas hasn't been to the conference championship since 1995. When did making the Super Bowl become a failure? 49ers accomplished great things this season. They did. And I, I, you have to, I mean, by facts, you have to include Brock Purdy in those conversations with quarterbacks who've come out of college recently who've lost the Super Bowl, like Jalen Hurts, like Joe Burrow. Brock Purdy is in that conversation. And you know what? I, some might say that he's not as talented. I wouldn't, I would say that he's not as talented as either of those two guys, but he got his team there. And a lot of it was because of him. And I was really impressed with his postseason run. Meanwhile, the news that uh, Joe Rod's been following this afternoon, it's so sad, but uh, uh, we found out uh, that uh, FC Wada has made it official uh, this afternoon that uh, one of their forwards, Diego Puma Chavez, passed away overnight in an automobile accident. Chavez was just 28 years old. That is really uh, unbelievable. Now, um, the match uh, for FC Wadas against Puebla will go on as scheduled. Despite uh, the death of Chavez, 
No official word uh, was made until earlier. They did say that um, Liga Emekis uh, will pay homage to Puma ahead of tonight's match between um, Atlas and Pumas. And then a minute of silence will be observed before kickoff, as well as a pause in play in the 13th minute, which happens to be Chavez's number. He was number 13. So, uh, again, terrible news finding that uh, one of their uh, players uh, was in prime of his career, 28, uh, passes away in an automobile accident last night. That's tragic, Steve. I mean, just a uh, real tragic day that's really kind of shaking the sports world between that one, uh, the tragedy out at the Kansas City oh, yeah. uh, Super Bowl parade shooting. I've got more updates on that here at the bottom of the hour. We'll do that uh, as we continue, but first let's go to George. He joins us next, uh, 505-6009. George, welcome aboard. How are you? What's up, Steve? How hey. you doing, brother? Good, George. What's going on, my uh, man? How you been? Let, let's touch on a couple of things. You know, UTEP, uh, win over NMSU. I was com- completely very, very pleased with, with the outcome. I'm, I'm glad they, they showed out and, and showed up. Uh, everybody played an outstanding game, and uh, it was just uh, an amazing atmosphere to be at the Don and and see so many white shirts out there, and it was uh, it was a festive uh, atmosphere. I enjoyed it completely, and uh, you know, I wish and I hope that they carry this over uh, going forward. It, it just time will have to tell how that you can uh, can tell going on to the later the later days that they have. I'm hoping for the best. That's that's really. On that, and piggybacking on one of the things that uh, that one of your earlier callers said about Purdy, you know, I, I totally agree in some sense. I'm not bashing the kid. He's good, you know, but you have to remember this is what? It's second year. He's led him to a Super Bowl, but it hasn't been on the legs of him. It's been a supporting cast around him. So, yeah, he did good, but... He has a ceiling. He's not a Brady. He's not. He's a game manager. That's all he is. And he he did what was asked of him and led his team to a Super Bowl. You know. Now I don't agree that the coach, the the defensive coordinator, should have lost his job. I think it's all on the shoulders of Kyle Shanahan because he's the coach. He's the one that has to get his players up to par on whatever rules change or what's going on. And uh, I think I agree. The offense didn't show up. Because when you give Mahomes that, the ball at the end of a game, he's going he's gonna, to he's gonna show out because that's just who he is. George, it's so interesting um, because I guess there really are a lot of people divided over Brock Purdy's uh, future. You know, is he limited? Is he is he one of these quarterbacks that kind of hit his ceiling early and, you know, you're never going to see him improve? Will he take the next step and truly become a, an elite call, uh, you know, signal caller? Because right now, if you had to put Purdy in your list of NFL quarterbacks, where do you have him? You have him in like that 8 to 10 range? Is that about where you've got him uh, ranked right now? Right. I mean... And, and a lot of it has to do with how his supporting cast is going to elevate him because he's not the kind of quarterback that 
that that's gonna that's gonna give you that wow factor that that's gonna do something incredible like Mahomes did, you know, and and you're gonna you're gonna write that kid because you know Mahomes can can pull it out. He's just got that that ability. Yeah. And and this kid, that's all he is is a game manager, which there's nothing wrong with that. But when you give him when you put him in critical game situations, he he he, he won't. He won't. Uh, he doesn't have the ability yet to to do what what a Mahomes can do to you. Well, all you know I know I mean? is this: as a Jets fan, George, I would I would take Brock Purdy every single day, every day, not not even question. By the way, maybe uh, who knows? Maybe Zach Wilson uh, becomes the backup quarterback at San Francisco next year, and the oh, Jets trade him to San Fran. That's possible. You never know. Never know. They were in the same draft class, too. So, George, good job. Appreciate the phone call. It's always good to hear your voice. Thanks for getting in. We'll get to Ray right after Adrian. He's standing by. Bottom of the hour, Sports Center's next. Tell you what's even worse when you hear this story. First off, the fact that somebody died at a parade is just, it's, it's you know, I mean, you just don't even know what to say. You're at a loss for words. But when you hear that there are 11 children shot and seriously injured, it's just, I mean, that's, that's, that's so, it's awful. It's absolutely awful. Wow. We're talking kids here. And a nine of those 11 have gunshot wounds, Steve. That's awful. Yeah. It Tragic. Really, really, really is. It's, it's, I mean, can't even imagine. All right. We'll keep things moving right now with the phones. Let's go to Ray. He joins us next on the lines. 505-6009. How you doing, Ray? Well, Steve, Adrian, man, it's, it's tough to come on and talk about sports after that. I know. It really um, is, right? You're not kidding. But then again, uh, you know, look, we, we've had shootings. Uh, it's become way too common. And the fact that it's happening now at the end of a championship parade is just um, uh, it's, it's a I sad, sad you, commentary of where, the, of where we are. So let's put it that yes, way. Yes, I agree with you. It's a parade. It's of people coming together of a common interest to have a celebration and when you can't go to something like that without fearing for your life now, I mean, what is this world coming to? I mean, it's just a shame that people went there to cheer on their team. And now, and I appreciate everybody coming up forward, you know, you guys and everybody else today saying, and the Chiefs were all accounted for. I get that because obviously that's the icon. But there are teams, meaning families, who did lose members of their team today who this day will never be the same as we all know from what happened in 2019. Mm-hmm. But, you know, all that being said, and, I, my, and on the day of Ash Wednesday, you know, it's just to pray for them, to pray for their families and hope they somehow get through this and are able to move forward. And, you know, with, with all that in the, the sports world, you know, with the Super Bowl, my take on it is, you know, I'm not a 49ers fan. As you guys know, Adrian, I'm a Rams fan. I'm from L.A. And, I know I'd be hard-pressed for you to know that I'd ever say this, but if Matthew Stafford was to go down or say he was going to retire and Brock Purdy became available, I would take Brock Purdy in a second. Mm -hmm. I heard you ask, where would you put him? I think right now, and as a a fan of an opponent opponent team, you know, in the division, having to face him twice, I put Brock Purdy up in the top five in the league. You know, if you're going to tell me anybody else and try to argue that, no, it's this guy or that guy, Okay, when did this guy or that guy last make the Super Bowl? And all I keep hearing anywhere that I listen to sports is that that's how we measure everything. It's got to be by rings, by championships, and it's got to be by getting there. You know, there were two teams dancing in the end while everybody else was sitting on the side on the bench with their back against the wall watching these two teams dance. 
So, you know, to get there is one thing. Yeah, there's only going to be one team standing at the end in every championship game. But what it takes to get there, and I hear everybody talk about Brock Purdy as a game manager, but, you know, you look at him and, you know, he, he did what was asked of him, of course, every quarterback does. I mean, there was a pass, yes, I think he missed that pass of Debo Samuel. He should have hit that one. Um, but other than that, you know, I don't agree with the fact that, you know, they got rid of their defensive coordinator as the fall guy for all this because yep. it was Steve Wilkes and his defense that got them a fumble and got them an interception. That's true. You know, now it's up to Kyle Shanahan and his offense to do something with that, and they did nothing. I mean, look, Baltimore didn't fire their defensive coordinator. Buffalo didn't fire their defensive coordinator. Miami did not fire their defensive coordinator. The fact that, you're right, Wilkes does not deserve to be made uh, the scapegoat for this, but uh, sadly, that's uh, that's the case. And what I think with that, Steve and Adrian, I don't know how you feel about this, but what I think with that is I'm all for the Rams. Go get him. Raheem Morris did his job in L.A., and he's, you know, good luck, and God bless him. Hope he does great as a head coach. We need a defensive coordinator. The way that guy turned those linebackers around and turned that defense around, oh, man, if the Rams could go get Steve Wilkes, and you know how bitter he might be to want to go after the 49ers. Sure. Full throttle. Go get that guy and make him our defensive coordinator. What do you think, Adrian? Uh, what do you think about man, that? You know what? As long as it's not Brandon Staley, that's the rumor no. all around. Hey, Just I know I Brandon Staley. No. Please. I had to suffer through Brandon Staley with my son, and that's my second favorite team, to watch him coach. And no, because that defense couldn't do crap against anybody with the, with the Chargers. Do not bring Brandon Staley. You know how many people realize and, and would recognize him? You know, when he comes in that stadium, they've had to put up with him for how many years at the Chargers? They don't want to see him in good, blue and gold with the Rams good anymore. Point. Good point. Good point. One last thing. Let me say this to you guys, or two. Let me say real quick. I heard Lane earlier talk about, um, game improvisers, that Patrick Holmes is the best. Mahomes is the best right now, the best the game has ever seen. I have to take a little bit of disagreement with that because old enough, and maybe he's not old enough yet, or not old enough at all. You guys, I think, or at least Steve, I think you are. Game game improvisers, I remember we went from Rand Tarkington mm-hmm. to a Randall Cunningham to a John Elway. Those guys, those guys improvised pretty good as well on the field, and I know right now we see Patrick Mahomes and this generation, that's who they see. Yep. And I have to say right now, yes, he is. And lastly but not least, Adrian, don't let him give you such a hard time about what you're doing for Lent because for the last 20 years, my wife and I have given up sugar. Mm. Not sweet, sugar. She got me into this, and to this day, I do not put sugar in my coffee any longer. I don't put sugar in my tea, and I can barely get through half a can of Coke anymore without it being it too sweet. Try going that route. Not just sweets, but anything with sugar. Wow. All right, Ray. Good job. Appreciate it. What do you think about that? No sugar. Man, that's way too tough. He's that Ray's <laughs> extreme. He's extreme. I like it. That's right. All right. We'll come back. Final 20 minutes of hour number two, and then still to come, Cinta De Otto is going to join us here inside our 600 ES Piano Paso River Oaks Property Schoolyard Sports Studio. Stay with us. Back with more right here. 600 ES Piano Paso. X. From our pal, Bovine Fecal Matter, one of my favorite Twitter handles. Hey, Steve and Adrian, could you give the minor fans of men's and women's basketball a summation of the season so far? Hashtag request of a legend. A monologue or soliloquy would be nice. Well, 
I'll, you know what we're going to do right now for you, Bovine? BFN? We're going to each give you uh, a version of this. Um, Adrian, I'll even give you the option. Would you like to start or would you like to go last? I'll go last. Okay. I can start with the women, though. You want to do the women? I'll do the I'll men? Start, I'll start women's. You close it out with the women's. If, if I missed anything, you start with the men's. I'll close it out if you missed anything. Go ahead. Okay. Year one of the return for Keitha Adams is here. They're 8-14. and 14. I would think if you talk to anybody within this basketball program, it's not – I think frustra- frustration is not fair to say. It's building. It's like the upswing. It's building on this team. It's building the foundation. And it's trying to do it with a mixed bag of newcomers and then players who've been around the block for a while. They're not a good road team. They're 0-7 on the road right now. Uh, but when they play at home and they play together, they're, they're obviously going to connect and they're obviously going to win. And I've liked the fight that they've shown as of late. Uh, prior to this three-game losing streak, they had back-to-back wins on uh, actually uh, at their home against La Tech and Sam Houston, which I think those are program building wins. So as the season winds down, expectations are not very high for me going into Huntsville, Alabama for this team, but to count them out would be unfair. And to say that next year could be a better year would definitely be the the route I would go. So a little bit of a rebuild this year um, for UTEP women's basketball. They can't win on the road just like the men. I think that's obvious. I feel like they're lacking um, leadership, and I feel like they just don't have players that sometimes it's hard to explain in, in, in sports, but you almost need players that are like, give me the ball, I want the ball. I'll take us home. They don't have that. And when you're kind of leaderless in that regard, um, you'll win your share of games, but they just don't have players that can take over. And, um, and, and that hopefully they will. Hopefully they'll develop that in the next couple of years. I do think that women's basketball needs to get themselves an NIL because I feel like the dollars would go a lot farther in this at UTEP women's basketball than they would in, in other sports like the men. But I do feel like Keitha is the kind of coach that she's got the fire going. She wants to bring back the winning ways at UTEP. And hopefully by this time next year, once she has some things in place financially to, to maybe help deliver that, that they'll be on their way. So I'm, um, I'm a believer. Uh, I just feel like they need, they need more weapons. They need more tools. As far as the men go, look, like the women, they're winless on the road. They've been competitive, but you know what? Competitive's not good enough. And when they've lost on the road, fans have been so upset. They want a coaching change. They're already tired of Joe Golding after three seasons. They've been just fed up with the lack of, of uh, progress and the fact that UTEP is still a very mediocre team. And I feel like going into this road trip here with Western Kentucky tomorrow and Middle Tennessee on Saturday, at best, they'll probably be able to hope for a split. But most likely, they might lose both of these games because they just have not shown the ability at all to win on the road, which is sad. Home, they're a much different story. They're a much better team. They're a better offensive team. Their leaders shine. They feed off the crowd. And they, they just have two personalities, unfortunately, BFM. This is a team that does have some leaders. They do have veteran players, and those leaders have come up big for them at home. The problem is those leaders have been empty on the road, and that's the issue. This team has a split personality, and as far as going into uh, Huntsville here in a couple of months, or in a month, I should say, 
I don't know what to expect. I, I really don't. But unfortunately, we have just not seen enough away from the Don Haskins Center to feel like this team can be a player when it comes to postseason basketball. I would characterize this team as up and down all season long, great defense, uh, poor offense at times in stretches. They can show what they can do offensively, but not reliable. Uh, a group that's senior laden. I mean, yeah. just call it what it is. Tay Hardy, Calvin Solomon, Zit Powell, Jonathan Dosanjos, even though he's been hurt and comes off the bench. Uh, the three I, I named first are all starters right there, or were routine starters like Calvin Solomon in his case. Uh, he's only started 9 of 21 games Last year, he started every single game for the Miners at the four and five position, and this year it's been a different role for him. So with that change comes a little bit of an adjustment across the board. I, I feel like the front court has taken a step back this year. I feel like the back court has taken a step forward because mm-hmm. they've got young talent in their back court, a la David Terrell Jr., a la um, you know Trey Horton. I like the younger pieces that they have in their back court. Uh, as far as Huntsville goes, you could tell me this team is a first-round exit, or you could tell me this team is playing in the CUSA championship game, and I wouldn't be surprised either way. I really wouldn't, and that's just the team that this is. They play great when they have favorable matchups, and when it's not favorable, they lose. I'd be more surprised if they go to the championship than if they get bounced in the first round, and the reason is, I don't know if this team is capable of putting together three excellent performances away from the Don Haskins Center, which is what they're going to need to try to win this thing. Yeah, maybe even more if, if the you know the actual shakeup in the bracket uh, requires them to play an extra game. So yeah, you're exactly right there. Um, they've given you zero reason to trust them on the road. So in a neutral site, why do you trust them? Scariest thing is this. Their best performance of the season was against New Mexico State, by far. There is no doubt that if that team played anywhere close to the kind of basketball they played last Saturday night, this could easily be a championship team in Conference USA. I'll tell you this, behind closed doors, this locker room believes they're a championship team. And they actually they have belief that this team can go far in the CUSA tournament because they don't like Conference USA and they don't feel like there's really a standout team right now across this league. Well, that's good to hear. Anyway, there's your answer. We'll come back, final hour next. Cinta de Auto scheduled to join us inside our studios. Stay with us. Sports Talk continues. 600 ESPN El Paso. All right, welcome back, everybody. Third and final hour is underway. So we continue here on Sports Talk. We've got um, Cinta de Oro scheduled to appear. And, uh, in fact, four days from now uh, at the Almeida Shrine on Alabama Street, he is going to be going back into the ring. Excited about that. And uh, he'll get a chance to uh, talk to us a little bit about that uh, this hour as he makes his way here to uh, promote his uh, matchup at uh, the uh, Almeida Shrine uh, out there on Alabama Street. So uh, excited about that and uh, excited about the Lucha Libre performances that will be happening here. And by the way, uh, we're talking about not just, um, you know, uh, men's professional wrestling. There will be female matches as well, Adrian. So both uh, men's and women's uh, Lucha Libre performing uh, here in El Paso. Hey, I love Cinta de Oro, man. Uh, it's uh, it's awesome that we have a professional wrestler like this in our own backyard and always great uh, when we get a chance to see him uh, perform live. Yeah, that's true. That is very true. So anyway, excited about it and uh, looking forward to having him uh, drop in uh, with us uh, here in uh, just a little bit. So 
hopefully uh, we'll get a chance and, and have him uh, pop into the studios in just uh, a few minutes as he makes his way over here. Meanwhile, if you're just tuning into the program, it's been a good show so far. Been a lot of fun with us uh, here on the show. In fact, we started off in our 4 o'clock hour meeting Pete Zamora, the new skipper for the El Paso Chihuahuas. He will be managing the team here in 2024. He actually joined us uh, from his uh, spring training facility uh, out there in Peoria. We were excited about that. And then Lane Frank dropped in and uh, stopped by our 600 ESPN El Paso River Oaks Properties Schoolyard Sports Studios. Uh, uh, Pete Zamora joined us on our Longhorn Distributing Hotline, where all of our guests on the phones always appear, and uh, uh, just a lot of fun. Tomorrow, I need to make a programming announcement. Tomorrow, we are going to be on for just 30 minutes. That's it. Oh, Cinta is in the building, Adrian. If we can get him in, that'd be great. Um, 30 minutes tomorrow from 4 to 4.30. In fact, John Teicher is going to join us. We're working on trying to get uh, Adam Teicher as well. So, yes, looking forward to having both uh, John and Adam Teicher together on the show tomorrow. So, uh, 4 to 4.30, that is uh, the 30-minute abbreviated edition of the program. And uh, for us, it's always fun when we can come on for a half an hour and uh, try to pack it all in in just a 30-minute period of time. Excellent. Thank you, sir. In fact, uh, I'm excited about uh, our next guest. He is back. He is here. He is all masked up, which I would expect nothing less from the one and only Cinta de Oro, who joins us once again. Uh, I don't know what's tougher for you, training or or hustling to get to this radio station in time for an interview? You tell me. I mean, I try to always be on time because it's, it's one of those things that uh, they say when you're, uh, when you're early, you're on time, and when you're on time, you're late. So I, always, I like it. I always try to be you know, on time. But today traffic is going gonna, gonna to crazy here in El Paso. It's Ash Wednesday. It's uh, Valentine's Day. There's a lot of th- things going on. But uh, I'm here. I'm happy to be here with you. Thanks again for the invitation. And uh, I'm excited about what is to come this coming weekend. I noticed you've got the Valentine's Day mask on right now. You have the uh, red and black with the gold trim. It's very yes. nice. Thank and, you. Uh, you, you know, again, you've told me that you have so many masks. Is it difficult to decide which one you're going to pick out when you do these interviews? It's uh, usually it's in the spur of the moment. I try to always uh, dress up but for the occasion. Yes. Uh, sometimes I, I have a little bit of time and I end up doing masks for a certain time of the year for Christmas, for Thanksgiving, it all depends. But uh, I knew that I had, like, this color, I had a lot of stuff that was red, so it was pretty easy to pick it out today. Cinta, I saw the kicks, too. You're you're even matching with the dunks right now. I love it. Oh, that's true. I didn't even think about that. Uh, that you, thank you. you yeah. You, you got the I, kicks on, huh? I have a little bit of, yeah. I like to always be uh, combined, and uh, I figured out, I was like, today's a great day to wear black and red. So here's the tr- here's the other question, okay, for you. As much as you love the masks, are the shoes also a big part of the Cinta de Oro wardrobe collection? I think it is. Now it is. Uh, when I was uh, 
younger, I didn't really pay attention to shoes. It was like whatever my dad bought me, I, I was fine with it. I never really paid attention if it was yeah. a certain brand. It was you as long care. as as long as I had shoes, I didn't really I didn't really matter. But as I got older, and then uh, shoes be- became a thing, then you start like learning a little bit about it. And then I had a, I ended up buying some shoes here at, in El Paso at a mall, and I ended up meeting a, a gentleman that became a very good friend of mine. He was the one that really. Started me telling me, hey, we got we got these shoes in. Would you like him? So I started buying him, and then later on, as my career went along, I got to meet a lot of people from other places, and I got a lot of to do a lot of collaborations with them. Did you ever get a really good shoe hookup? Was that something that happened uh, <laughs> during the career where people told you, you know what, I've got you taken care of. Whatever you need, you let us know, and we'll get you done. Yes, yeah, yeah. He uh, he's a great friend of mine. He's from actually from New York. Uh, during that time, he was a vice president of Food Locker USA. Really? Now he's a he's a president of a Food Locker, so it's pretty cool to be able to you know meet meet a lot of people. But this I I got to meet him because we made the project of the Sincara uh, shoes in 2017. We ended up doing a a, a theme of, of shoes celebrating uh, Hispanic Heritage Month. Oh, that's very cool. So I got my own shoe, which is pretty crazy. Were people <laughs> able to buy that shoe? Yeah, but it was very limited. They only made, I think, between 200 and 300 pairs. It was very, very limited. So I think they're online. People get, are selling them, but they're pretty expensive. What were the com- What was the company that made the shoes? Uh, it, was, it was a collaboration with Foot Locker mm-hmm. through, uh, with a designer called John Alexander. Okay. And, uh, and the shoe that they picked was uh, the Reebok Classic. Oh, nice. So it was, it was through Foot Locker. They do a lot of collaborations, especially wrestling-wise now. They they work with AEW. They work with WWE with different companies. So it's pretty cool. Speaking of AEW, last week we were at Super Bowl Radio Row. Had the opportunity to talk to Darby Allen, who uh, was was an interesting interview. We enjoyed him, and then we met Tony Khan okay. and had Tony on the show, and he was talking about wanting to come back to El Paso because he liked it so much last year. He feels that you know what he needs to bring another big uh, televised show back to uh, back to El Paso. Yeah, I got to take my son for that show actually. Uh, there's a lot of very good friends that work for AEW now, uh, and uh, it was pretty crazy because we were there. Uh, they, they gave me some tickets. Uh, Penta hooked me up with some tickets. So I was there sitting down. And all of a sudden, I get a call my, on my phone. And I look at my phone and take out my phone. And I was like, smart country. So I'm like, is he calling me? So I answered. Like, he's like, where you at? I'm like, I'm watching the show. He's like, come say hi to me. So we ended up going backstage. And I got to, uh, to see a lot of the boys, you know, like Cesaro, Dean Ambrose, all those guys that I used to work with. And I got to meet a lot of the guys, too, that, that were in, um, coming up in AEW. Some of them I didn't really know. And my son was like wanted to take pictures with them, so I told him, "I'm not gonna ask him. You got, if you want pictures, you gotta ask them." That's right. So he ended up taking pictures with a lot of the guys, the, the new guys. You know, it was pretty oh, that's cool. cool. I know I saw a picture with you and MJF, which I thought was very cool. <laughs> yeah, my, it was my my son actually, the one that took the picture with. Oh, him. was he really? Yeah, he asked nice. he asked him for a picture, and he, and he was everybody was really cool backstage. That's really awesome. Cool. Well, first off, they know you. You're wrestling royalty yeah. because you spent Thank so you. many <laughs> years in WWE with a lot of those uh-huh. guys. So they all know you, which is for you. Is it almost like a fraternity of brothers when you get to? go back and see some of those guys it's good to see people exactly i, I think what i miss the most is it's that part of, of wrestling when you're traveling the the commodity of, of of the locker room and all the great memories that you know as as you travel and and um and you go through a lot because they become like your family it's uh it's pretty crazy because when you're at home obviously you enjoy being at home but i used to spend most of the time on the road yes. and so they become my brothers they become my family and i still have a lot of uh of a lot of bond with them in many things because we went through a lot, a lot of us. How nice is it for you to have spent the last couple of years here in El Paso, 
be around your kids as they're getting older and growing up and getting a chance to be a dad. Tell me a little bit what that's been like for you. It's been great. I think in the beginning it was a little hard because I wasn't used to being at home so much. So I would always try to um, make things like very quickly for my kids. You know, like, what do you need at the same time? Because I was only here for a couple of days and then I had to leave. But now I, I really got to know what they, what they want, what they need, what they like. You know, I didn't know what what, what uh, clothes my son like or what kind of shoes he likes or yeah. the size that he wore. My daughter, my other kids too. So it was pretty crazy being able to now um, spend a lot of more, most of my time with them now, and I feel like I I got to know who they are. But this is the stage which is the hardest because uh, four of them are teenagers. It's fifteen, fourteen, thirteen, thirteen, and ten. Oh so, my goodness! So. That, that's a tough. That's a tough age. <laughs> so, Between fifteen yeah. and ten, it's not easy. That's for sure. Yeah. So it's it's pretty pretty intense in in many ways. But I I always try and talk to them, you know, and learn uh, and tell them what I went through as a as a young kid. I, I always tell them like there's not a manual to be a parent to become a father, but I do the best that I can because the way my father taught me, my mother, my grandfather, my grandmother, yeah. and as as we go along, and we obviously we make mistakes as parents, but the most important thing for me now is being able to enjoy them their company and and i think they've enjoyed being watching me wrestle now because they, they are a little more mature now they understand what i do they understand the significance of getting awards and all those little things that really matter how many of these kids do you think are going to follow in your footsteps when it's all said and done well my oldest he's the one that's really into it like he tells me like everything that's going on in aw and then in wwe and then in AAA, el consejo because in, in social media, it's, it's a lot easier to follow it now. That's right. So he tells me, this is going to be this pay-per-view, and this guy beat this guy. And, well, he asked me questions. How come Roman didn't, how come Cody didn't beat Roman, and how, like all those little things. And and the, uh, my other son, Jorge, he um, he plays football. He loves football. So he, he told me one time like that, the, you don't get mad if I don't like wrestling, right? I'm like, no, it's okay. I don't mind if you don't you don't like it. Whatever you like is is the best thing for you. If you like football, then let's focus on football. That's good. Well, so look, you got yeah. athletes, that, yes. and, and the girls are they are they pretty athletic too? Uh, one of them likes basketball and volleyball, okay. and then my youngest one, she likes to dance. So she's in folklorico, and then she likes to be like in a uh, in the choir. Like I, I think she's gonna be like more into the. Uh, entertainment part of it you know what i love about your kids they're all different everybody yes. <laughs> has different imp- interests different passions and it's nice like that i'm not not mm-hmm. to say that if all five were into wrestling you wouldn't be a happy guy but it's mm-hmm. nice that they all have found their own niche that they're comfortable with and that's mm-hmm. how they're growing up yeah and i think that's that's that when i when i have them together and when i look at them like every every one of them looks alike but it's so different in many ways <laughs> So I try always, I know what, what uh, Adelise likes, I know what Naomi likes, Liena, London, and Jorge, and I'm like, or when we go out to eat, it's pretty intense because it's like you got to order for six, That's true. me and them. So, That's a good point. So we, we take a little bit of more time when we go out to eat. and But I've really enjoyed that, like you were saying, that part of being a parent now. You know, I, I, I'm at home, I'm in El Paso, I get to see my dad a lot more. I get to go to the parent-teacher conference. I go to watch them, you know, play or, or things like that that I wasn't able to do. I remember when my son, my oldest, started wrestling in, uh, when he was little. We were in a tour in Europe, and we were in England, and I was watching him wrestle for the first time on, on, on FaceTime. That's how I, I watched my son wrestle, and I was like, I was in the bus with everybody on tour, and, and those memories, you know, I, I, it was oh, yeah. tough for me because I wasn't there. But you, you know he understands now why I wasn't I was gone for a while and I remember he asked me one time I asked him one time like I don't know what we were talking about it, and he was like um, how come you were gone for so long 
like this couple of years, he he asked me that when before the pan, or when the pandemic started happening. Mm-hmm. I was like, because I was working, maybe you didn't un- understand, you know, the the concept of it or what was going on. But uh, my job allowed me to give you a good life and and do what I do now and and being able to you know help other kids too, but motivating them. Well, I think it's beautiful. I've seen him with you in the ring uh, when you would when you used to uh, and you and you still do. I know it's kind of cool because he's coming up and. Uh, I don't know. It almost reminds me of uh, Ray and Dominic Mysterio when when Ray and, and, and Dominic was little when he first started being on TV. And now you see what he's able to do. And who knows? I mean, if your son is able to follow in your footsteps and then eventually establish a career of his own in the ring, that's, I'm sure that would make you super happy as a dad. Yeah, I'm a little more, um, if you can call it, jealous of him, like being able to I want to protect him in many ways. And I mean, I don't. Whoever wants to have their kids on camera, or whatever, that's fine. I don't, I don't mind that. But I think, I think you have to earn it. And I told my son, like, I mean, you can wear a mask, but if you want to get in the ring and wrestle, you have to earn it. You have to train. You have to put yourself through, you know, that rigorous uh, schedule to be able to be earn the, you know, those those stripes, like you, we say, you know. So yeah. I think for him, he asked me this year because he's 15. I was like, can I wrestle? I'm like, no, not yet. You know, you got to you gotta still keep training, keep learning. Once you mature physically also, it'll be a lot easier because then you can protect yourself from injuries. You see a lot, a lot of kids nowadays with ACL injuries, with all kinds right. of things that are going on in sports because the more and more that, that uh, sports become a thing or have become a thing, like me, us as parents, sometimes we tend to push them more than what we have to and I didn't want him to do that with him when he started he started wrestling when he was six years old and I ended up taking it out of uh when he was 10 because we would go to tournaments and parents would fight each other and because and then they would yell at the kids and the oh. kids were like all oh, pressure and I didn't want my son to go through that or, or me going through that so we ended up you know going stepping back a little bit but he loves wrestling he enjoys wrestling and we we still keep training that's good and when the time is right he'll have his opportunity yes, definitely I love it all right We've got uh, Cinta de Auto here. We've got Sunday Wrestling, Elmida Shrine, 6331 Alabama Street, 5 o'clock. It's going to get started. When we come back, we'll talk more with him about who's going to be here, what uh, matches are going to be happening, how you can get tickets, and why Cinta showed up wearing Kansas City Chiefs colors oh, come on. on the day of their parade. <laughs> we'll find all that out next as we continue. But first, let's go to Charlie Wan and get this traffic update. Back here on Sports Talk, Sunday, 5 o'clock, Elmida Shrine, 6331 Alabama Street. Noche de Campeones. There you go. It's going to be fantastic. Well, you listen, you live in El Paso long enough, you eventually start to pronounce, I can't roll my R's, still can't roll my R's, it's embarrassing, <laughs> this can do it, but at least uh, Campeones, I, I've got a, a decent... Uh, Handle of that. A lot of good matches here, Sinta. I'm excited about this. And are you kind of the the matchmaker putting this whole show together? Yes, I am the one that's putting everything together. And, you know, I'm, I'm trying to do the best that I can, what I've learned throughout many years of wrestling. This year will be 25 years of me be, being a professional wrestler, which Man. is pretty. I never thought I would, I would be wrestling for so long, but I feel very blessed to be able to do what I do. And, you know, I've said it before, like, we always complain about, you know, things don't go in our way or what should I do to get to make the sport better? And I was like, what can I do to make it better? Well, create my own promotion so I, so I can be able to do those things that I always sometimes criticize or, or think they're not, you know, um, well for our sport. And uh, 
that's why I ended up like doing this. Uh, it's called Noche de Campeones, Night of Champions. And um, what we're doing in this night, we're introducing the tag titles, the men tag titles, and the women's world championship for uh, the, the version that I have at IOCW, which is International Open Challenge, which was a title created during the pandemic in Spain. Oh, wow. And the idea of this title was to give the people or the wrestlers that didn't have that opportunity to exceed in a big company to be able to perform or wrestle for a world title. So it was pretty crazy because the first person that ever won it was a, a guy from Peru, Rayo. And then the second gentleman was Levy from Chile. And I'm the third one to, to win it. And then Andrade was the fourth, fourth person. And then, then I, I recovered the title. Back so you and December. Andrade had a little bit of a battle going back yeah, and forth. Yes, yes, yes. So we, we wrestled for many years. We got to wrestle one time in Arena Mexico many years ago. And then I got to see him when he got signed with the company, with WWE. His first tour actually was against me in Europe. Oh, nice. So we ended up doing a lot of, like, his first pay-per-view was to wrestle me also in Pittsburgh. So we got to do a lot, a lot of things together against each other. And so then when he got out of, the, of WWE, he got to EW, he was able to wrestle independently. In, uh, throughout this time there, and we ended up uh, having a match here in, in November, where I, which I lost the title, and then I ended up recovering the title in his hometown, which is my dad's hometown, also in Gomez Palacio Durango. Wow! So, so, so you beat him in his hometown. Yeah, he beat me in my hometown. Then I beat him in his hometown. That's, that's I like. It's <laughs> like a little home and home. Is what it's, it's in sports. We yeah. love that. So a lot of matches. How many of the wrestlers that are going to be there Sunday are El Pasoans? Uh, well, uh, let me tell you. From here is Onyx Conilao. Uh, Principe Condor is from Oaxaca. Zafiros from Ciudad Juarez. Miss Cat is from Germany. Uh, Divina and Estrellas are from Juarez. Bobby Lee is from León, Guanajuato. El Tigre, the Tiger, he's from Reynosa. Silverhawk from El Paso. Acantos from El Paso. Skybird from León, Guanajuato, but he lives in El Paso. Mm -hmm. uh, Justin Taylor and Chris Watson, they come from uh, Amarillo. And then uh, Steven Juarez from Juarez and Minotaro from Juarez. Very nice. You've got a mix, just from yes. some from Juarez, some from other parts of Mexico, some from El Paso, some from Amarillo. Yes, I I try to you know put a little bit of variety, and then also try to give the opportunity to other gentlemen that maybe they don't have the same the a lot of exposure, mm -hmm. and maybe it's not because they're not good; it's because they haven't given the opportunity. You know, the only way that I knew that I was able to wrestle the big stars was when they gave me the opportunity to wrestle them. And then that's how, you know, I was like, I still, I still need to train more. Or I got to do this. Or I got to do that. And, and I think it's important for me as a, as a promoter now uh, to be able to give them that opportunity to succeed. Uh, I heard the other day an interview of a guy that, that was a wrestler and was a promoter. He's like, well, I never put myself in the main event. I'm like, because you never consider yourself the main event. I do consider myself the main event because I train so hard. I put my passion and and everything that I do, and I think I'm still wrestling. So I think that that's important. And I, I'm not a world champion because you know I was laying in bed and not doing anything. I'm a, I'm a world champion because I've earned it, and I think it's important, you know, in this in this time to give the opportunity. Like Bobby Lee, he's a he's a great wrestler. He comes from an amazing lineage of of lucha libre. His dad was Bobby Lee. Bobby Lee lost his mask in 1978 against El Santo. That was the last mask El Santo won really? before he retired. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, he, he's a very experienced wrestler, and he would always ask me for the opportunity. I was like, well, this is the time. You know, this is, I'm here for that, so I'm excited about this this Sunday. And um, a lot of people have asked us, like, what's going to go on? We have five matches here, but at the end of, at the, end of the night, it's going to be seven matches. We have two semifinals for the man. The winners face each other. For the tag titles, and then on the women's side, the the pair that wins are the ones that are going to face each other for the women's title. 
Excellent. So we've got semifinals and finals, meaning yes. the winners of those matches will end up meeting up in the in the finals. Yeah, and then I, I've been, you know, I've been getting a lot of messages from many wrestlers that they want to be able to work with me and they want to be part of what we're doing. I wish I could put them all in in one show, but then it'll, the show becomes too long, and I don't yeah. want people to be there for four or five hours. The, uh, what I want to do is a show that you, it's between two and a half and three hours at the most. You know, that's what we're trying to entertain people. Will there be an intermission? Probably about 10 minutes, 10 between, between 10 and 15 minutes to give people a break. And then from there, we'll start the, 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 the tag titles, the women's title, and then the, my, my, the main event. If people have never been to the Almeida Shrine on Alabama Street, what's the setup like? How many tickets or how many seats does it hold? And a little bit of an idea of what the, uh, of what the venue's like. It's about 1,000 people. It holds about 1,000 people. And uh, uh, parking is amazing. They have a, a big parking lot, so you ain't going to have trouble parking there. We're going to sell food there. We're going to sell drinks, all kinds of stuff. So Merch. Merch. We're going to have new shirts, new sweatshirts, new uh, masks, diff- different things for the people. Because people always ask me, are you bringing anything new? So this time we got time to do some, some new merch for them. And uh, so it's going to be just exciting. I'm excited because there's a lot of families coming up. There was a oh, – nice. uh, we were talking to me and Monica. There was a, a lady uh, – that she purchased, I don't know how many tickets, like over 30 tickets, because it's a, a kid's birthday, and they're going to celebrate it there. Oh, that's cool. So, they got a so, group party so at the yes. matches. So it's, it's exciting to have that there. Oh, I love that. That sounds great. It's a great idea. <laughs> it is a great idea. Any chance the uh, kids are going to get involved in the middle of the match as a birthday gift and uh, go hit somebody over the head with a chair? <laughs> no, let's not do that, because we don't want nobody to get hurt. <laughs> that's exactly right. All right, more with Cinta de Odo as we hit the bottom of the hour. Let's go back to Adrian. He's standing by with his Sports Center update. Adrian, thank you very much. As we keep things moving here, bottom of the hour, uh, we've got uh, Cinta de Otto here. We've got Monica here as well. Monica, who was on uh, our, our partner station, 93.1 Kiss FM, for a thousand years. Uh, and <laughs> it, it, it's really true. And you've also dressed red for Valentine's. So happy Valentine's oh, Day. Oh, happy Valentine's Day to you. And thank you so much for hanging us back. Hey, thanks for being here. And uh, I like this. I, I, you know what, Cinta, I like that Monica's now your plus one at these radio events. I think that's the way it should be. So she knows she knows the lay of the land. We yes. lo- and she, Sometimes she even gets let into the building, right? Oh, Is, my God. <laughs> yes. Sometimes. She has credentials for every radio station now. If you only knew what happened last week. The other oh, week I yeah. came in and uh, the new guy, yes. he didn't know. And I was like, listen, I belong here. We're good. Yeah, Alberto was great. He gave us a phone yeah. call. He's like, hey, some strange woman is at the front of the building. Said she used to work here. We're like, uh, don't let her in. We don't know anything about her. Um, been a big week for you. Big week with Children's Hospital also. Let's talk a little bit about that and how they've gone with a luchador theme for their uh, 12th anniversary. Yeah, it's called Luchando por los Niños. They're celebrating 12 years of the El Paso Children's Hospital, and uh, it's been an amazing experience. I got to visit the hospital in 2018 when I was a grand marshal for the Thanksgiving parade. That was part of Remember the celebrations. Well. Yeah. So this time around, it was it was great because I got to do more activities with them. I got to they, they got to um, know that I was coming. You know, they they planned it out. They we ended up printing out some masks and other mascaras. They were able to color them, and mm. so they could wear them. So they were expecting me, and it was it was a lot of fun to be able to visit them and and see when they when I'm, I guess when they see you, they were like so excited about it. And one one of those kids uh, was going through a hard time, and uh, they say he was he hadn't walked for a while, so he got out of bed and walked to take a picture with me. Wow! So it, it was pretty cool to be able to see that. You know, that they get motivated, that we can. You know, see them smile and have a good time for a little bit, and and then today I got to go again because they had a parade. the 
the Chilliers from YouTube were there, and some other characters. I can't remember all their names. The Care Bears. Yeah, the Care Bears. <laughs> and uh, were the Cabbage Patch Kids, right? I'm joking. Out of there what? No. <laughs> I like that. We have a cabbage. Adrian, do you, do you know yes. the Cabbage Patch yes. references? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Did your, uh, do, you, do your parents still have any Cabbage Patch kids from when they were little? No, I, maybe actually, maybe they, maybe they do. Maybe at my grandparents. You should look for them because they're worth some money. They're worth they probably, money. yeah, <laughs> they probably are a lot of money. They really are. That's true. Yeah. Good point. So that so, sounds like you've been busy. A lot of so fun. yeah, it was it was fun. It was busy. I also uh, we took some some presents for them, some shirts, some uh, face masks of Cinta de Oro, some pictures, and they were just excited, you know, to to be able to see us there and 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 have a good time with us. And it was awesome. So we're gonna invite also. For families to the show, they're going to be able to come and enjoy Lucha Libre on, on February 18th. How are you doing physically? I've always wondered about that because mm. now that you're not having to wrestle as much as you did when you were working with WWE mm. and you're basically yeah. on tour 300 days out of the mm. year, is your body, has it healed? Do you feel like you're, you're really in better shape physically than you've been in a while? Well, I feel great to be honest. Like, like you were saying, like I have been able, I haven't wrestled like before that. I was wrestling three, four times every week, yeah. and I've through all these three, four years, I've been able to have my body, you know, in a sense, rest and and get better. And I'm a little heavier now. I want to go down a little bit because I wanted to. I didn't want to look too skinny when I when I started working out. So I ended up going up a little bit in weight. So what I want to do now is like go down to about a 195 to be able to be more more uh, agile and. My knees are gray. My body feels gray. So I'm just trying to take care of my body in, in this stage of my career. A lot of people tell me how, how many years you want to wrestle. I was like, to be honest, it depends how you feel physically. Mm-hmm. I've seen guys that are younger than me and they're more, more beat up than me. And it's because you got to be able to listen to your body. When we're young, we just, we don't really care. We just go, 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 go. But we don't really take the time to recover. In my case, I've learned to be able to, you know, take the time to recover because if you have an injury and then you, try to come back earlier then you're going to get injured and you're going to be out longer it's always better to take the time to take care of your body and i listen to my body a lot now before i was like oh i dislocated my shoulder when i was wrestling one time live and at the barclays uh center they ended up putting down my shoulder back and i ended up finishing the match what happened you like you like were like outside during the, on the apron the, biggie put my legs and i ended yeah. up landing on my shoulder and i remember that i was telling the, the videos there and i was telling the the doctor I was like, bring the. I was telling Biggie, my shoulders out, and he got me and still ran me into the into the announcer's table. So I'm like screaming. I'm like, ah. So then the, uh, the doctor, the first day with Doctor yeah. uh, Robinson was his first day on the job. So oh he ended my up, god, I, poor guy. He, he ended up putting popping my shoulder back back into into place during the match. During it but, was, but it was when, raw, you told like Biggie, when you told Biggie, you you hurt your shoulder. He didn't re, he didn't believe you. No, they thought that, they thought I was joking because I would always joke with him and, and Xavier Woods and Kofi. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, this guy's just joking with us. Oh. So I. I was like the kid that cried wolf during that time. So one too many times. Yeah. So then the the doctor ended up like putting my shoulder back in place. It was it was pretty crazy because I I just felt like a piece of my body going back into place, and then I felt relief and then pain throughout oh my, my, God. my whole body. And then uh, they uh, they said that uh, they from from over there uh, from Gorilla they were saying to stop the match, and I don't remember a lot because I was going through that that uh, adrenaline pain at the same time. It was a lot of things going on that that I told. Uh, the people over there to f off to let me wrestle, so I, I ended like up that. finishing the match like that. You, there's a video on, online if you, if you look at, uh, 
and I was just grabbing my shoulder up to my body, and I, I did moonsaults and springboard, crossbodies, all kinds of stuff. While you had the shoulder injury? Yes, after the shoulder injury, yeah. Wow. So I ended up finishing the match. And did then, Biggie at least apologize to you after the match when you, uh, when you found that it was a real a shoulder injury? No, it was, I think it was, it was part, it's part of what we do. It yeah. was nobody's fault. It was one of those things that you, I took a bad fall, and it was nobody's fault. It was things that happened, and I remember after that, I drove four hours to D.C. with my bad shoulder. It was I was driving by myself. So, so those are the things that people don't really know. But it was I. I ended up leaving the arena with my with my bag, and I I drove four hours. Oh. I had to get to my hotel. I couldn't move my shoulder. I was I was a man with one hand. The next day we had another show, so I ended up wrestling the next day. How'd also. you do that? How'd you pull it together and do it in, from one day <sighs> to the next? It was just like. Uh, Putting my mind into not having pain in a sense. I have a high pain threshold. You must. So that helps a lot. But I remember that we had a match the next day. I re- ended up wrestling. And then I ended up getting an MRI the next day. I've been told that after a shoulder separation, it can happen again so much easier. Mm-hmm. Did, did you dislocate it a lot after that or were you okay? No. Uh, thank God that I haven't dislocated my shoulder ever again. Good. I think it really helped that the doctor was able to put it back in place as soon as it it happened because yeah. when they they don't do that, I, I, they say the ligament stretch, and then that's when they have to have surgery ah, for your shoulder. In this yeah. case, I was able to, he was able to pop it back in place oh, with no good. problem, and that really helped. So I was out for six weeks doing therapy, and then I came back re- to wrestle, and I think I wrestled Alberto that day, and we did some crazy stuff. I remember they called me up to the office again. I was like, what are you doing? You just come back from an injury. I'm like, well, I'm wrestling. This is what I do. He's like, well, you got to take care of your body and this and that, but it, but when you're out there, you don't really, you know, you don't really measure danger. All you're doing is just trying to entertain, entertain. the fans, and yes. which is exactly what you're going to do on Sunday at five o'clock when you're back in the ring. Yes, I'm excited about it. I'm excited to give you the opportunity to move a lead junior, which I've known for many years, and he's very excited to be, you know, over here wrestling with us. And I've talked to a lot of the guys, and they're just happy to be able to come and, you know, and, and showcase their talents here for the people of El Paso. I want to give away tickets. I just want to figure out how difficult I should make this because the show's over in 20 minutes, and I want to make sure I don't want to, I don't want to destroy our listeners right now, which I could do. I was going to think of a really good question. But, Adrian, let's make it easy. Pick a caller, and let's give some tickets away. Yeah, let's do five. All right. There you go. Caller number five right now, 505-6009. That's 505-6009. You'll be going this Sunday to the Almeida Shrine to watch Noche de Campeones featuring our man. Cinta de Oro. He'll be defending the title against Bobby Lee Jr. We got five matches on the card, seven total from the uh, finals of the uh, tag team that'll be going on. You want to be a part of it right now? Caller five gets the tickets. Five zero five six zero zero nine. We'll come back. Wrap things up with Cinta next. Sports talk continues. Six hundred ESPN El Paso.